Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. The heartbreak at the funeral of Gillian Daly makes the front of this morning's echo a lifetime of joy lost. And beautiful tributes at her funeral yesterday. Uh, of course, she uh, died at the weekend when her car uh, toppled into the Lee. Thankfully, her sons, Evan and Luke, were saved, but she wasn't uh, lucky and wasn't and drowned and was buried yesterday. So it's a very sad story, the heartbreak. Uh, and the eulogies at her funeral yesterday. Uh, the mirror picks up on it as well. It says, Gillian had a heart of gold and she lived for her sons. The funeral of the two, uh, mother of two who died after her car plunged into the river heard how she was an exceptionally loyal and true friend with, as uh, I say, a heart of gold. And her brother said, it's heartbreaking. We will never hold her again. Yesterday, Gillian spoke beautifully, or sorry, Jason spoke beautifully about his sister, uh, Gillian. Very, very sad. Uh, families, um, that's all we have really when it all pairs down to it, isn't it? Uh, family. Uh, and families now being urged to uh, cut down on driving because petrol prices have soared to a record high. Uh, in fact, they break it down. And I wonder if you guys listening might engage with me because they're saying in the uh, mail this morning that um, prices of unleaded now have been clocked at 220 a litre in Dublin, 218 a litre in Limerick, and 217 a litre in Cork. I'm wondering how accurate is that? Has anybody seen it higher than 217? I, I mean, I, I haven't seen it at 217 myself, unless it's happened in the last 24 hours. Uh, but if it has, I'm sure you guys will let me know. Text 0868104106. Cut back on your driving. Only take necessary trips, apparently. Uh, it's all about numbers, really, isn't it? Whether it's petrol prices and diesel prices or inflation numbers. And now it's about uh, passports because there's an interesting breakdown of applications county by county in the mail today. Uh, and a good reference point is 2019 when there was 31,500 passport ap- applications. Now that dropped down to 20,000 in 2020. That was a very heavy pandemic year, as you know, and then bounced back uh, in 2021 uh, to 42,500, nearly 43,000. But it's gone ahead now so far. Just as just up to maybe the back end of May of this year, uh, from 42,500 last year, first five months of this year, 53,000. So you can imagine what it's going to be by the time we get to the end of the year. It could be you know, closer to eighty or 90,000 for sure. But they're issuing about 7,000 a day now, the passports. And the passport office now is uh, communicating directly with Angarda Shikona to try and, uh, you know, rule any kind of delays out with regards to verifying children's applications, you know, that technical kind of stuff. But they say that they're up to uh, 7,000 a day. And that's up from 5,000 passports a day a fortnight ago. So passports uh, continue to be a problem for many And there's other number-related stories. There's about a half a million people who need to switch their bank accounts and switch their mortgages from the likes of Ulster Bank and KBC Bank. And they're being delayed. The banks are arguing amongst themselves over paperwork, you know, and admin and paperwork and, you know, getting it right. So that's a dose for people who just need to get it done. And house prices now uh, continue to jump and we're back pretty much now to Celtic Tiger levels. And um, it isn't expected to stop at Celtic Tiger levels either. It could surpass those kind of um, uh, figures. Um, but uh, the Leaving Certificate exam starts today and good luck to everybody. About 130,000 students will uh, sit there uh, Leaving Cert and Junior Cert this month and there's like 5,500 examination centres right across the country where uh, young men and women, boys and girls will sit down to Junior and Leaving Cert 
uh, today and good luck to everyone of them. Mick Mulcahy sent me a, a lovely little piece. I don't mean to sound, sound anyway kind of sanctimonious by reading this, but it says, um, it's a, it's apparently it's a school principal in Singapore who sent this letter to parents before the exams. It says, Dear parents, the exams of your children are to start soon and I know you're really anxious for your child to do well, but please do remember Amongst the students who will be sitting the exams, there is an artist who doesn't need to understand maths. There's an entrepreneur who doesn't care about history or English literature. There's a musician whose chemistry mark won't matter. There's an athlete whose physical fitness is more important than physics. If your child doesn't get top marks, does get top marks, that's great. But if he or she doesn't, please don't take away their self-confidence and dignity from them. Tell them it's okay. It's just an exam. They're cut out for much bigger things in life. Tell them no matter what they score, you love them and will not judge them. Please do this, and when you do, watch your children conquer the world. One exam or a low mark won't take away their dream and talent. And please do not think that doctors and en- do, please do not think that doctors and engineers are the only happy people in the world. I think that's really words of sense, isn't it? And we should all remember that on the day that's in it. Uh, an exam result doesn't actually, um, you know, in any way, shape or form, um, you know, control your path into the future. Uh, a lot of other papers then this morning are talking about, um, you know, thuggery on our streets. And we, of course, are not, be, not without that. And the Lord Mayor uh, um, slams thugs on the, uh, on the streets um, in this morning's star told you yesterday morning that a man in his 80s had to be hospitalised because he got caught up in that street brawl on Patrick Street um, on Monday evening uh, around about 5 to 8. Uh, there was a lot of brawling Sunday afternoon, Monday evening. We'll be returning to that topic in a little while. And then the cocaine use amongst adults and alcohol use amongst adults. That makes many papers. I won't deal with that now because I'll be coming back to it a little later on this morning. But i tell you one thing. Um, it's hard enough for us um, you know, to be honest on the streets or using the city or walking around. And of course, many people are critical that there just aren't enough guards there. Bear in mind that um, the Gardaí are suffering an awful lot of grief on the job and the stress and anxiety levels of many now is leading to a psychiatric or psychological assessment, particularly over the past few years. It's just, it's getting worse for all of us, I would think, including the Gardaí and you got to think for them as well because there just aren't enough of them. Uh, and God knows they'd wish that they had more. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818104106. Red FM. Okay, so from yesterday's program, many, many texts from people who would just have had enough with regards to the thuggery and violence. In fact, thuggery is a word that's used by the Lord Mayor Colin Keller, who's branded those involved in the brawl on Monday uh, in the city as thugs. These are absolutely disgraceful scenes. This is not acceptable by any stretch of the imagination. And he branded those involved as thugs. You could call him a lot worse than that, but thugs it is. So he's Lord Mayor at the moment. Of course, the incoming Lord Mayor will be uh, Councillor Deirdre Ford. And she wants uh, Commissioner Drew Harris to come down to Cork uh, to address the growing concerns of anti-social behaviour and public offences. Not so sure that we want Drew Harris coming down as the Commissioner. I think what we really want is more Gardaí to come down to Cork and Councillor Deirdre Ford joins me by phone. Deirdre, good morning. Good morning, Neil. What, what Can did, I just say, yeah. we're taking nothing for granted in relation to the vote for Lord Mayor. <laughs> if you don't mind, it's subject to a vote. Have I jumped the gun <laughs> on you then? <laughs> well, you know, it ain't over till the pet lady's <laughs> Okay, in. all right. Well, listen, good luck with the vote then. I hope things work out for you because you truly you <laughs> truly you. deserve it. But what, what, what do you make of the city at the moment? I mean, have you been in and out observing the carry-on? 
I have, and I have a lot of people who go into the city regularly at weekends, and they come back to me and they say X, Y, and Z. Look, I'm a great fan of Drew Harris. I think he's done a phenomenal job overall. But sometimes there's a bit of a Dublin bubble, and we want him to come to Cork to kind of walk the land with us and hear the concerns of people, of councillors, you know, of everybody that's involved in making sure this city is the first city in in the country. Has has he he ever come to Cork? Um, I believe he was in County Hall about five years ago, but he wasn't exactly, uh, as far as I know, taking questions and answers. I want to kind of sit across the table with all uh, the Gardaí and the councillors, maybe businesses and so on, and we can have a, a conversation, not an attack, a conversation on what each of us can do better to ensure that our streets are safe for ordinary people. It's kind of simple, isn't it? It's more guardie and more squad cars, more visibility. And you can't blame the guards for that. There just aren't enough of them. Absolutely not. I mean, when we think of the job the guardie do, many people couldn't do it. They could go from a simple offence to something really tragic, and we all know what happened in the last couple of weeks. Correct. And those guards have to go home to their families I don't know how they do it, really. But I do genuinely think we have to take a hard line with those people who come out and brawl and put people's lives and the guardies' lives and the nurses' and doctors' lives and the bus drivers' lives in jeopardy. And, for instance, in relation to the shooting up in the streets and the selling of drugs in the streets, zero tolerance from now on. And we'll have to come up with some way of immediately them off the streets and maybe look at fines, look at, you know, three strikes. There's other jurisdictions dealing with it. And I'm afraid we have to get a bit harsh. Now, I'm not talking about youngsters who might act the maggot, you know, once or twice. I'm talking about the serial offenders and the people that do big damage to our reputation, to our beautiful city. We have festivals coming up over the summer. Hopefully the weather will pick up. Our businesses deserve support. See, we shouldn't have to put up with I it. know, but a lot of them are underage, you see, and, and really are untouchable because of that. Well, you know, we have to look at ways that we we can make them learn the lesson. Like, you know, I reared three kids of my own, uh, Neil, and you have children as well. Yeah. And, you know, we all know, none of us know when they'll get into trouble and we cross our fingers. We're not talking about the odd tip that somebody might have but we need to start warning them if you go down this road that you might end up in trouble and have serious consequences not only for yourself, your family your city and your neighbours Would you ask him why it seems to be National Garda policy from the highest level to be concentrating an awful lot on speeding offences and um, you know traffic offences and things like that because that's where I see an awful lot of guards visible it's on our roads I understand that we don't want people dying behind the wheel but that to me seems to be where the visibility is would that be a good question to put to them why is there seemingly to be plenty uh, of speed checks along our roads I mean you know, only last week there was, a, there was a guard hiding in a ditch he even had hidden the car and he had a speed gun I mean it's just but yet you could well, walk he, up and down Patrick you'd never see one well you know speeding is dangerous no I know that but this, I'm wondering about the emphasis on it oh but I, I mean you, you know it yourself you're here 
hearing it every day of the week. Of course we should. I believe that we should have anti-social behaviour from the get-go. Um, we cannot have people misbehaving. And that's why I wanted to have him in Cork, to have kind of a broad conversation. What can be done? What can each of us, how can we play our part? And if the emphasis is on the speeding, maybe a traffic corps specifically organised could handle that and the guardie in the streets could be increased and they could, you know, concentrate on antisocial behaviour, on the problems. The problems the guard have to do, half of it is invisible anymore because they're out and about and they're doing, you know, intelligence work. They're chasing up, you know, uh, trafficking. I mean, trafficking of the other side, the other nature. No, they are, but a lot of their time is taken up preparing for court. They're even taking all that work home, reams of paperwork. A lot of it is admin. A lot of it is court time on top of that. Um, Whereas many, many people listening to this program want old-fashioned coppering, you know, boots on the ground. Exactly. And and mind you, I will be going to Dublin this week and I hope to meet uh, at a women's conference that I'll be going to. Uh, I hope to meet the Minister for uh, uh, Justice and I'd hope to have a word with her as well. Um, I might even invite her to Cork. Why not? I mean, this is about our city that we're so proud, proud of. And there's a few things happening that are getting a bad reputation. We need to nip it in the bud. And as you say, we need to refocus on the things that are getting a little bit out of hand. In the sense that you want tougher laws and tougher sentences. I would like to see maybe what's there at the moment is allowing people, you know, to get away with certain things. Yeah, but isn't isn't the the jails are full, you see. The jails are full. Even though we built a new one, it's full. Well, I did say, you know, that we could have another little jail in Cork, but it's earmarked for housing, and I know some councillors would be very disappointed if we started promoting it as a jail um, again. But look, you know, these are the things... You mean the old jail, is it? Yeah. To, to, To open that and use it again? There's only 15 cells in Cork City. Yeah. Now, can you imagine yeah. for the size of the city we have yeah. and the work that the Gardaí do? So, the, so that, that's, frust- that's even more frustration from the guards. They say, well, where, what do you want us to do with them, arrest them? Where are we going to put them? Look, I've spoken to Gardaí on the ground. So, I, I had them out in Douglas there a couple of months disaster. ago. Disaster. Thankfully, things have settled down. You know, I'm listening to what they're saying to me. And I've spoken to senior Gardaí in Cork City. They're doing their level best. We need to do a little more to give them back up and a morale boost. And if that means changing the laws, bringing in another, another prison or, you know, a drunk tank or another way of looking at it by sitting around a table, we can come up with real solutions that will allow us to grow our city the way it's intended drunk, to drunk, grow. A drunk tank is a very good idea, isn't it? You sling them in there overnight and when they've sobered up or come down from the drugs, you find them before you let them go. Well, this is it. And like in other jurisdictions, it seems to have worked. We'll say they might operate it with the HSC because, again, the Gardaí can be sitting in a drunk tank, you know, on their own. They're not qualified that we need medical people. But to take these people off the street straight away, put them away for their own safety, they'll have a fine, they'll, they'll or even tougher consequences depending on what 
happened and that will be a severe lesson from this. Because there's we growing up the following. A&Es as well, you see. Healthcare worker yesterday worked through the bank holiday weekend. One in three people who presented an A&E was related to alcohol abuse. Some so drunk they even needed help to go to the toilet. So, And many and of them were either brought by an ambulance or the guards. And there was a report published last night, I briefly saw online, where so many people are drinking too much in Ireland. Yeah. You know, that is another issue, of course, which receives a lot of attention. But somehow or other, some people are escaping through the net and we just have to get tougher with them. Okay. the ones that are habitual offenders. Get tough And you publicise that need. Yeah. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you for taking the call, Councillor. Much obliged to you, as always, Councillor Deirdre Ford. I'm just conscious of other callers waiting, so I'm going to clip ahead. Incidentally, there are 102 new Gardaí uh, attested, which means, are you know, passing out, I suppose is the term, isn't it? They're passing out, they're coming out of Templemore and came out on the 19th of May, 102 of them. I wonder how many of them came to Cork, I would imagine. And I'm not being parochial when I say this, but I'd imagine the vast majority of them went up to Dublin. Kieran, good morning. Hello, how's it going? Good man, you're a, you're a truck driver. You wanted to pick up on um, uh, speed cameras, is it? Well, I'm picking up on girls as well. That woman that's on the radio is absolutely aware to fairy. It's what she's on about anyway. Why? Absolutely aware to fairy. She's in the what's going out there. All I see is at the moment is girls and they're hiding behind signposts behind them blarney doing checkpoints and all this. And uh, there was a big brawl in Mallow during the week and they wouldn't want them to be seen. Was there? No, I didn't hear about that. Was, was it? affiliated to it. What, what was that brawl about? Do you know? It was a big fight in Mallow during the week in the main street and it went from that to uh, a laneway in Mallow and they wouldn't want them to be seen. But if one tax or insurance or NCT, they're all over the place, and they're only hiding behind, uh, hiding behind the signpost behind, above and down there. They have no else to do, only after the easy pickings on the road, nothing else. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. won't touch the druggies, they won't touch the druggies. Simple as. Yeah, but you, because who's their affiliated to? But you do realise... I know that, that the, myself. I know, but you do realise that the Gardaí on the beat, or the Gardaí doing the speed checks, are assigned that duty. They're, they don't make those calls, the individual guards. That's their job. Absolute rubbish. No, no, no it's not. Easy pickings. No, but easy the actual, like the the actual Gardaí themselves don't make the call as to what job they do. They're assigned duties. So this goes way up to I the higher. This goes way like. up. They're, they're not accountable to Norman. The guards. They're doing that like the people on the roads as well. I see it myself with the RSA. I know one person uh, in the RSA uh, and, and didn't clue what they're at. They're only another private corporation down the road trying to take money off of people, hog, ca- causing hassle with hoggers below the Weybridge in Mallow, and there's no one questioning this. And people are just sitting down below on the road, 12 or 14 or 20, and below uh, at the turn off of Battle Hill, and another heap them down the road, and there'll be another heap them then outside the race course in Mallow at the easy pickings. But there's a big fight in Mallow, and they won't touch them. No, we'll go to the road, lads, and we'll go after the easy pickings in the road. Yep. We'll go after the hard. That's and the, tra- the price of these at the moment, there's no more questioning. That's the traffic. What do you mean? We're all questioning the bloody price. We're all living over There's no more questioning the price of these at the moment. In what way? There's no hauler saying anything about the price of these or nothing. Why? There's no extra money for a haulage or nothing at the moment. Yeah, I think the prices have been passed on to customers. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. We are all paying an awful lot more for everything we need and want, so it's we're paying for it. Well, there's a major bang coming, and this is all part of it. This is all part of Agenda 2130. The well, whole lot of this is all part of Agenda 2130. Well, Every I, bit of it. I, I don't know why it. people won't wake up and see what's going on out there. But what is going on then? Well, there's, there's, there, there's a major bang looming, and uh, they're saying there's a war out for... I don't think there's no war there. 
I think there's a greed war that's out there at the moment. People just don't know what to ask you to the inside and shops for, uh, what, what, what they want out of your pocket. I, 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 you can't give them enough. I know what you're saying in regards to everybody is suspicious about greed, a lot of these price greed, increases. Greed, Yeah, that people are being taken greed. advantage of. Yeah. It's the same with the cops and the roads. Yeah. It's down to greed. And there's no accountability in the roads that's going out there at the moment. Yeah, but you, you know, know, you do know you have to have tax insurance and an NCT cert. You know, that's the law. You know? Well, the NCT is another question to be raised. No, the NCT is only valid while it's inside the NCT centre. Once they're taking the money off and it's null and void once it comes outside the door. It is not. It is not. Your car is NCT. You have a disc up in it. I have a question. I even looked for that licence. They couldn't show me a licence. No. The, listen, we could be arguing until the cows come home on that one. The NCT cert entitles you to drive the car without breaking it's any... Not. It's only a money racket. Money racket. <laughs> Okay, all right, do stay in touch, Kieran. Yeah. I always appreciate your calls, texts and comments, guys. So get in touch with the Katrina Toomey at Penny Dinners. Um, it was somebody that I would love to get the opinion on, on the state of our streets. Katrina, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Sorry, sorry for holding it, because I know you have a busy morning ahead. What, what do you good make morning. of the city? Because you're out and about, and I think you probably are coming across some of those who are engaged in this, um, for want of a better word, thuggery. It is thuggery, and I think, you know, that it should be just stopped... Uh, you know, we have to put, you know, the focus on it for what it is. It's toggery. Somebody's going to be killed. Do we want that on the street? I, no, I believe, don't. I know, but I believe that the big fight on Patrick Street on Bank, it was Monday, wasn't it? Monday evening? Um, Monday. Uh, I think that happened at a, a, a food run. Well, you know, I, I kind of, I don't want to comment on how it happened or where it happened and yeah. stuff. It happened when well, it did happen on our main streets. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, there's a lot more assaults that are happening that are not being brought to the public attention and stuff. And it's going on continuously. People are expressing all the time. They're afraid to go into the city. Yeah. People are saying we should have more guardy and the beast, but you hit the nail on the head. The guards are assigned their duties. They do what they, they must do. It's up to the government to give them more power uh, and for to give the guardy more manpower as well uh, as to have the power. That's to, it. it, it it really is that simple, it's isn't it? To that. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is simple. It's bad, I suppose, bad management again. You know, and we go to the top because it's always at the top and it has been for years and years. So we're talking So the chief super the in Cork only has so many guards That's all, to disperse. And only so much power as well. And it also has to have a traffic core. This isn't a call of yeah. the chief super, incidentally. These are the instructions that come from on high. So, that, so exactly. really, their hands are tied. Hands are completely tied, uh, and until that's dealt with for them, they're not going to be, one, safe on the streets, and two, they're not going to be able to do anything about it, because if they go all out for to try and do something, then they go, they have the court system, they have to go through all of that, uh, and there's no place to put them, and, and all all stuff like this. Though there, there, is, there are other ways of looking at things, and other ways the government can look at it. Okay, if somebody, you know, finds somebody else, you know, stop it out of their way, just stop it out of their dole immediately, and that might be a deterrent, and, you know, but it has to be stopped, and other ways have to be looked at and how to stop it. You can't just go in here, gung ho, and say, bang, this is it. A plan has to be, and I'm sure the Gardaí would have great ideas on how to stop this, along with the people that are on the front line. Well, I think they'd like to have, they'd like the, they'd like the, the use of tasers, Yeah, they'd like the use of tasers, wouldn't they? Wouldn't they? You know, and maybe that's what's needed. 
because like you have to in order to control a situation how long does it take to control it maybe the quickest way is the best way it, 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 it would seem that way in many countries around the world they're going up against people yeah. who could be armed they're going up against people who very often have knives and they have nothing but a baton exactly and then of course uh, they run the risk of a GSOC investigation if they lay a hand on the thug exactly and there's cameras everywhere so like it, they can see what's happening and everybody can see what's happening that are out on the streets people waiting for buses I'm sure it is a scary time but we also have to look at what's causing this problem and it's drink it's drugs etc for a lot of them toggery could you know is one thing as well you see that but you see it in all walks of life you see see it after you know clubs close you, you see it while you know daytime in the streets and we all know you know why and we all know that there should be an answer to it well it's drink drugs and amphetamines isn't it and the cocaine uh, epidemic is just going from bad to worse it's crazy it's gone from bad to worse now and you know it's very very difficult like and and you know people people are saying like that people are showing up to work you know out of their heads people are showing up to work drunk as a skunk, you know, and stuff. People are drinking while they're working. You hear loads of stories and, you know, you can't just say, ah, no, that's not true. We know damn well it is true. And we know that, like, that, 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 these things that are increasing and like these drink drugs and fish means the whole lot of them call them what you want they're all growing. Gambling is growing. Everything is growing in our city and it's leading to this where people are, you know, ending up being to do just out there fighting. Been so, can you, tra- can, you trace all, can you trace all of that back to the home then, I wonder? Oh, God, I don't know. No? Do you know, I mean, yeah, it's some people want to, some people don't. And and if you trace it back to the home, we take it back to the home. Like, they're gone out of the home now. So what do you trace it back to? Talking about the generations okay. to come, I suppose, if you like. I, exactly, and we have to put things in place for them. It's our duty to protect them and we need what we need at the minute we need a lot more treatment centres the people we have on the ground uh, the, the counsellors the doctors etc even the guardie dealing with people that have drinking drug related problems and gambling problems etc they're all very good at what they do but there's just not enough support there for them they need more people they need more places they need more treatment centers you go to the hospitals and it's very sad to see that people are going up to the hospitals drunk as well i was actually there on sunday myself and you know there was there was a few and i saw it and it's very difficult for the people on the front like the nurses and the doctors to be dealing with people that are in that condition Mm. and they do and they deal with them fantastically they're brilliant the patient is outstanding and um but again, you know, we, we need it to be dealt with. We have to stop it. We have to stop what's happening on the streets. We have to help the people that can't help themselves. So there's when, and maybe a kick up the, the behind for others who can help themselves. But when, because anyway. you, you, yeah, well, that's what Deirdre Ford is saying. We need to get tougher sentences. We need to get tougher on it. And, and many people think that a drunk tank is the answer in the city where you're just in there overnight to just sober up find substantially well I don't know how substantially that would be in the morning before you're left go can I just ask you because uh, you, you deal with an awful lot of people through penny dinners uh, and imagine some of them would have spent a spell unfortunately in jail does jail make any difference do you think 
to some of them, yes, because they have a good system. You know, they, if anyone wants to help themselves in the prison system, yes, it does. You know, they'll put in classes for them. They'll teach them, you know, stuff. They'll give them skills up there and they will kind of help them when they come out to transition. They go to Cork Alliance and they're outstanding. Oh, would, that be, would, many, so, would many turn their lives around after a spell in jail? Oh, quite a lot, yeah. Really? Quite okay. a lot, do okay. yeah. They yeah. do, yeah. And they, they, that's support. And again, with recovery, we've seen how recovery works. If you know, if you want to help somebody, and you put in the effort, and they put in the effort, because it has to be both ways. It'll work. Can I ask you also about the people that you're dealing with on a daily basis now, considering the times we're going through? Um, mm-hmm. Busier than ever, I would imagine. Yeah, we're we're very very busy, and I will say like that. People coming to us like we don't have a lot of people that come to us that would be you know drink or drug related or stuff. They're coming because they're poor. Yes, they can't afford to feed themselves. Yeah, yeah. They can't afford to. Some people are going to work and they're running for just to grab a bit of lunch, or if they're going to college, they're grabbing a bag to get them through the day, a bit of food in their belly. And we have people that are, are just coming down because they're afraid to turn on their cooker at home. They don't know what the electricity is going to cost them. You have people that are afraid to, you know, one put it very kind of uh, eloquently for me recently to say to eat our heat now, Katrina. And what he meant was like that he can't heat himself up and eat at the same time. So it's a big so, step to walk in the door for the first time then, isn't it? It is for a lot of them. But you know what? I suppose we have that down to a team we look after them and they know that and they appreciate it and they get over it and they come back until, you know, until they don't need us anymore and that's what it's all about. At the minute, we just have, we're inundated with calls for help. We're inundated with people coming down to us and I'd have to say the volunteers are incredible at the work they're doing. They don't stop. I swear to God, like, you know, the chefs are in there and and they come in at the dawn. Mm. They don't even take a break. And then if we have people that, you know, do take a break, they sit down, they'll eat a bit of grub and they're back up on their feet and run around the place again. It's very, it's tough work. They put in long hours and they're very good at what they do. And none of them complain. (laughs) 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 Maybe they have a whinge behind your back. (laughs) No, they don't. They're brilliant. They're absolutely. And I swear, I, I, I always say, like, I'm in awe of, what they do and what they give. I know I do it myself, but just to have so many people around me that are doing the exact same thing is a phenomenal kind of, uh, I, I mean, it's good. Uh, and when, if they meet somebody new at the door, they might come in and say, she got, you know, and he, he's looking for this, they're looking. Wait, somebody else, you know, they came down for four dinners. They wouldn't have no money until I think he said Friday. And it was for his mum and dad who were elderly and God. his brother who wasn't well and himself. And he just said, could he have dinners until then? And I had poor eyes, like, you're looking into him, like, and, do you know, and we gave him to him, and we gave him more than, like, so that they'd have a bit more food and stuff. But these are things we're looking at that, that do you know, no one should have to be no. begging for food. No one should, like, why can't we get things right? We're getting some things right in the country, but why can't we get a lot more right? Why can't we get the basics right? The big things are being got right, like, that don't mean nothing to those that are suffering. Are politicians then at the highest level completely out of touch? A lot of them are completely, you know, hugely out of touch, like, and out of, um, I suppose I'd use the word consideration for others because you cannot, if they looked in the eyes that we looked at, they could not behave the way they were. How many TDs locally would have ever visited Penny Dinners? Oh, we've had, we've, we've, we've had her in We've had a small few. A small few. And are they genuine or are they yeah. just box ticking? They are. 
No, they're genuine. Only and a I few, though. I have to say that. Okay. Only a few. We, we could do with more. You okay. know, and we could do with more, even coming and spending one or two hours with us, seeing what we do. Have the senior you know, politicians have, ever visited? Michael McGrath, Simon Coveney, Michal Martin. Oh, yeah. And Seamus McGrath, yeah. They, they've come in and we've, we've had... Um, um, you know, other parties like coming to us, like in hope, and like I do appreciate if somebody calls to us, and I do feel if anybody from government comes in, Mary Lou MacDonald was in, and you know she she kind of got a few things rolling for us, which was good. Michal Martin was in, and like now for years, Michal Martin has been coming in two penny dinners, and he's been, you know. Uh, kind of anything we've kind of asked him you know that he could do for us he did do for us on that front but like um we need bigger things done you know for the for the for the public like that's the right because no politician will ever need yeah. your services of course because they um no, they're, exactly. they're, they're and, well paid yeah and, and but, you know we like when they come in because we can get our message to them you know mouth to mouth like face to face that way and um you know head on like and um, we just keep pleading with them all the time so we never object to any politicians calling okay. we would welcome that they all come actually to, to be great if they all came and did it that's right roll their sleeves off yeah and do you know like it is hurting people people are dying and when, when a person dies if the whole family suffers and the extended family and the friends it's painful it really is you know and under ordinary circumstances it's painful but under other circumstances like we'd have on the streets and stuff. It's extremely... And bear in mind also, those that are coming for help, whether it's food or a bill to be paid or clothing or whatever, their mental health is also yeah. shattered, never mind their financial well-being. Since the pandemic, the pandemic that's just destroyed a huge amount of people and we see that they're coming down and it's just awful to look at them their demise happened you know during the pandemic yes, when they were yes, coming down yeah. and we could see it it was visible and it wasn't very nice for us to to, to to look at and not to be able to offer more because everything kind of shut down and people were lost there's people still waiting for appointments the hospitals have been you know staff have been run off their feet and like the government like put put the effort you, you know what I mean? Like, if you put effort into the support you give, then it'll work. Mm. But if you just roll out a few things without even thinking and say, I give them this and then that, that you think that that's going to work. That's not going to work. Yeah. You have to put the effort. And the effort is talking to the people on the ground. I'm sure with the violence that's, you know, rising in our city, I'm sure if they listen to the Gardaí and if they ask them what could they do to help them to, you know, more guards, more guards. It's, that's what that's more what it guards. is. Yeah. They, they need that, yeah. you know. And again, simple like, as that. Guards, guards are assigned duties, and they have to do that. Like there, you know. Uh, and again, that's uh, like from the superintendent down to to all the guardy. They have what powers they have are limited. They don't have kind of full power to do what they want at all. So that kind of comes from the top, from the government, so they have to go with that. And, and you know, at, at the end of the day, I know a lot of people, like, criticise a lot of services and stuff, but when, when, you're in, when you're sick, you need the hospital. When you're in trouble, you know, if something happens, an accident, anything, you need the guardie, if you have a house fire, you need the firefighters. These are people we need, so we should be helping them. And if we want to help them, then our government should want to help them more that they can help us and help themselves. Good stuff. They have mental health issues going on too. They do. Let me, know what they have to deal with. Yeah, let me talk to David Lane if you don't mind, Katrina, this side at 10 o'clock, but thanks for taking the and call as David always. Is, 
David is brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Joins me by phone, David Lane from uh, he's head of the Drug and, and Alcohol Services in Cork and Kerry for the HSE. David, good morning. Morning, Nate. There's so much to pick up there, and and, and so limited in time. Uh, my apologies for keeping you waiting. There was um, a healthcare worker sent me an email yesterday saying we have a serious drink problem in this country. The sooner we wake up and take it seriously, uh, the better. Um, the cleaner the city and its hospitals will be. Is it to do with uh, the bank holiday weekend, where the healthcare worker described the A and D in the city? an absolute disgrace. And then we have the report that's come out saying cocaine use is on the rise amongst young adults. Our relationship with alcohol has never been good and it's getting worse with the young. What do you make of it? Um, look, it's hard to argue with a lot of what you've just said, Neil. Um, look, I've been campaigning for many things for a long number of years and, you know, I suppose it's really only this year that, you know, the introduction of minimum, minimum unit pricing, for instance, as a result of the um, the enactment of the Public Health Alcohol Act. The, this is something we, we were crying out for for a long, long time. Um, but it's our ambivalence, it's our, it's our kind of, our mixed kind of uh, feelings towards uh, the use of alcohol in particular, w- which has been the biggest challenge this country has faced for many, many decades, like, you know. Um, so, look, while we can kind of get caught up in the negativity of everything that's going on around us, there are some good things going on in the background as well, you know, so... Uh, the, the, the Public Health Alcohol Act was a major watershed for this country um, it does for the first time I think in many ways give a legislative footing to tackling this very serious problem in our country But that's only a pricing um, issue, that's not going to stop anybody if they want no, to so get... it's, it's more than that Is it? it's, it's not just, Yeah, it's not just about pricing, it's about marketing, it's about you know, when you look at things from a public health perspective um, and when you look at you know, what can actually change attitudes and change behaviours more importantly um, these are the kinds of things that we know work at an international level. Now, it's early days. I mean, it was January that they introduced minimum unit pricing for the first time. And um, so it's early days, yes. So it's minimum back. pricing and advertising, you're saying, is it? It is. But should, there's, and, no, and you do, there's no adverts for cocaine. There's no marketing of cocaine. But yet, it's um, particularly amongst young people, it is so commonplace. And you can even move into crack cocaine if you want. I mean, I mean, I'm not criticising those that do fantastic work like your good self, but I'm just wondering: is it a lost cause? No, I don't think so. Look, and I, I think that if we were, if we were got caught up in, in kind of looking at it as being a lost cause, and um, then a lot of us who kind of spend a lot of our working lives in terms of trying to to help people to turn people's lives around, uh, we wouldn't kind of you know we wouldn't uh, put as much investment into you know the work that we do. Like, yeah. You know, we see people turn their lives around we you know we've we've uh, we, we are involved in making a huge difference in people's lives yeah, yeah. Uh, Katrina spoke about some of them there earlier where you know we've uh, we've people who are caught up in addiction for many uh, many many years and can actually turn it around you know so uh, we've seen it uh, you know people tell us that you know th- that the difference that you know uh, making that decision and and doing that hard work because recovery is hard work for everybody um, that you know it, it, it can make all the difference not only to themselves from a, a health point of view but also in terms of you know the relationships that people have that's right uh, from and a social perspective you know things can can really well, that's fabulous news on an individual by individual basis for sure it is people turning their lives around and good luck to them but from from a national standpoint you know what I'm saying yeah. Um, uh, yeah. like, you know yeah. from a societal aspect 
it's, yeah. it's uh, uh, look I mean you look at the HRB report this morning uh, Neil you know so there are a couple of things and again there are a lot of worrying things that kind of are highlighted within the report but there are two things there for instance that we can look at in terms of young people and alcohol use for instance right that um, that for instance that there is an increase in terms of the age of initiation so that that means that is uh, it 14 you know, it's, it's yeah but that's gone up though you know so and it's a slight increase in terms of the age of initiation but the longer that we can delay young people um, experimenting with alcohol taking alcohol for the first time that is a good thing and the more we work on that and the, the more that we can sort of increase that age over time that would be better for us as a society the second thing as well that i think we need to take from the report that was published yesterday is that the number of people who do not drink actually is increasing as well you know so while we would like maybe it for we would like it to be uh, more numbers of young people not drinking at all and um, that those kinds of things give us hope you know so for any of us who are involved in the services that we deliver uh, you know, we have to grab on to the kinds of things. That yes, are you are right. Well. Young, pe- young drink yeah. adults are drinking less, but unfortunately, yeah. cocaine use is rising significantly, particularly yeah. amongst young women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, I mean, we have to be uh, tackling those kinds of challenges as well. And um, so we have to kind of, um, you know, and I've been involved over the last two years or so in terms of a significant reorganisation of um, addiction services across Cork and Kerry. Um, we have uh, invested significant uh, funding in terms of making um, treatment services more available to people at a local level. Um, and that's right across Cork and Kerry. Like, so not just Cork City, but the county as well and in Kerry too. Um, so, you know, to make uh, so those kinds of services yeah. more available, to make them more responsive, uh, these are the things that we've been working on. I'm, I'm going to be involved over the next couple of weeks in a major recruitment drive in terms of addiction counsellors across Cork and Kerry. And there are some significant services as well being established in the region down here uh, that we've been fighting for for a long time. And, you know, these things are are really welcome and, you know, know, I'm excited about some of the developments that are currently underway. Because we were were talking yesterday, because the public are fed up of what's, you know, what they witness on our streets, particularly in the city. I know that the Gardaí are fed up themselves on an individual basis, so are the firefighters indeed, and so are the paramedics. And um, so so their job really have become become very, very frustrating for them. What what, what are we going to do with with the thuggery that involves uh, fighting or brawling or robbing or harassment or physical assaults on people where the person is drunk or has taken drugs. Um, paramedic yesterday or a healthcare worker who worked across the bank holiday said we should have a, we should have a, 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 a drink tank, uh, as in drunk tank. Where Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, look, one of the things that we've been kind of uh, looking at as well in terms of developing uh, in, in this region down here, and it, it hasn't happened thus far, but, I mean, we'd like to have specialist paramedics, you know, who would be trained in terms of, um, you know, I suppose the wider social inclusion response to some of the challenges that we face in our city, like, you know, so, um, you know, having uh, paramedics who can actually intervene um, in situations where, you know, people are caught up in terms of addiction and what to do, what not to do. Um, you know, these are the kinds of things that we think that could actually uh, make a big difference, uh, not only in terms of the, the wider kind of uh, society, but, but also in terms of, you know, the experience of uh, Gardaí or uh, A&E departments. And, no, but not know, where they wouldn't end up in, in an A&E. They would end up in some kind of, a, a, as I say, a drunk tank. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, from, from, from my point of view, you know, the establishing, uh, you know, I suppose, services like that 
um, require specialist intervention, Neil. You know, so it's not just about having a room and putting somebody into a room and leaving them there. Uh, this this involves a wider kind of response in terms of you know the the broader kind of mental health needs that people have, uh, the broader uh, challenges that people have in terms of maybe yeah. No, I mean I understand yeah. you you want to help them, but others just want to punish them. You see, that's the difference. Oh yeah, but look, uh, I suppose when we look at the national policy in relation to this again, uh, there there has been a, a marked shift. Um, since 2017 in terms of the national response. And, you know, I suppose I, I do come from a very kind of um, a harm reduction approach in terms of my work um, and a very health-based kind of approach. I get that. No, I appreciate that 100%. Can I just ask you finally, will the, will the injection centre go ahead and if so, when? Um, look, I think it will in Dublin. Yeah, uh, I think that that'll be the first. That, yeah, that'll be the first. But what about uh, us? Of its kind of, I, I, look, I've been again. This is something I've been fighting for for many years. Again, as well, Neil. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I, you know, again, the two task forces in the region down here. Um, we've been kind of looking at, um, you know, lobbying for that again. Um, in 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 the in the coming months, in the coming years, and look, we we won't stop uh, kind of arguing for. A service like that in yeah. the region down here, yeah. um, and we've got wide support, not only in terms of uh, statutory bodies and community and voluntary organisations, but I think you know, in terms of the business communities as well in the city centre here in particular, and um, they're very supportive of an initiative like this. So happening. it will happen, but it's a question of when, is it? Yes, yeah. I think I think so. Nick. Okay, yes. okay, yes. David, thank you for taking the call. Appreciate it. David Lane is the head of drug and alcohol services in the Cork and Kerry area. Text 0868104106. Just as a point, you know, with regards to the, the brawling and the thuggery and the fighting on the streets, at one stage they're up on top of a car punching each other and, uh, on, a, on, the, on a, the bonnet of a motor car, stopped in traffic. The guards did respond. They were called and did get to it. But by, as usual, when there's calls like to the Garda Shikana because they have to go to the scene as opposed to having actual guardy on our streets anyway. Uh, so when they arrived at the scene, uh, the suspects were gone. They usually just leg it. They just run away and that was the case. Uh, but there was a man in his 80s who suffered non-life-threatening injuries during the incident and he was still at the scene and had to be taken to the Mercy Uni- University Hospital. Just an innocent 80-year-old bystander just going about his business. Back after 10. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, so 102 new Gardaí came out of Templemore and qualified, and uh, that was on the 19th of May. And I was asking the question, where would the, uh, um, how many of them would have come to Cork? Well, uh, two apparently went to Mallow, two went to Toker, one went to Mayfield, two went to Fromoy, and one went to Anglesey Street. So that's a total of eight Gardaís that passed out of Templemore, uh, of 102 of them, eight of them uh, came to Cork. Uh, Garda wife got in touch and said that no guard just sets up a checkpoint randomly, you know. They are assigned duties. Yeah, I've been making that point over and over again. I, I mean, I've been listening to people talking about criminality or Gardaí or indeed paramedics or a and I've been listening to it for 40 years. You can't blame the people working in it. You just can't. It's just that they're just, whether it's the A&D or a doctor or a nurse or a paramedic, or indeed a fireman, or a firefighter, or a guard. Uh, they're just getting on with their own jobs. There just isn't enough of them. And that's really how I would sum it up in the past 40 years. Uh, text 0868104106. Very sadly, I uh, got a very 
sad text in this morning um, saying, Hi Neil, you have sadly lost one of your biggest listeners on the 3rd of June. She has listened to you for I'd say as long as you've ever been on air and listening to you helped her through a lot including all through the pandemic. Uh, She died on the 3rd of June. Her name is Mary Boylan from Crookstown. Uh, I'm saying thanks to you on her behalf for all of the hours she spent listening to you. So thank you, Neil. I don't know who sent that text because it's not signed, but thank you so much for getting in touch. Uh, Saddened though I am to hear that Mary Boylan from Crookstown, whose name I recognise, being absolutely honest with you, over the years, and I'm very sad, sad and sorry to hear that she has passed away. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, I don't like getting texts like that because, you know, you know that there are many people who listen for many, many, many years and people that I've never met but do feel close to nonetheless. So thank you for that. And may Mary, may Mary Boylan from Crookstown rest in peace. And other people who got in touch, it's lovely because, uh, you know, you win free food Friday and you scoff all of the food and you forget all about me. Well, that doesn't happen. We all wanted to say a huge thank you uh, to you and to Red and to Roosters for our feast on Friday. It was a beautiful treat from Pamela and all of the gang at Phelan's Pharmacy in Blackrock Hall. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. Oh, listen, you know, talking about, about food, I just want to mention it's great to see down Mar Logue. You know, at the East Ferry Marina, the new coffee shack has opened up down there. I want to give them a shout out. I promised I would. So it's the Marlow Coffee Shack at the, at the East Ferry Marina. Opens uh, midday every Saturday and open until the last customer leaves. And they got a full range of non-alcoholic uh, refreshments and snacks. They tell me, so good luck to them. Uh, and best of luck to Sylvia and to George down at the Marlowe Coffee Shack, East Ferry Marina. Uh, lots of texts and different topics from yesterday, including the sad, sad tragedy on our keys. It's very sad what happened to that family, um, but I don't think it should be fenced off. Uh, low barriers running along the key. Let people enjoy the area, but people need to be aware of the surroundings. I think it's very, I think it's very open, those keys. I really and truly do. Um, I think they're way too accessible. You don't agree. On that tragedy, it was absolutely awful what happened to that woman. Uh, but could the council not install more moving bollards that block access to the keys when there's no work going on, perhaps? And then on the streets of Cork, I blame government policy. Uh, and does the person who made the comment about the two fighting on Patrick Street know them personally to make comments about them being on the dole? Um, I'm 62 and I go into the city every week. It can be scary walking through the city on your own. Beggars, drunks, addicts off their heads. To be honest, if Mahan Point had a deals and a pennies, I wouldn't go into the city centre at all at all, says Desi. Uh, as usual, Neil, you are blinded by the drug ed- epid- epidemic in our city, thinking Cork is a wonderful city. Would you ever wake up? Cork is a dump full of drugs, drinking on the streets, begging, guards doing nothing, councillors also doing nothing, and the scumbags win all of the time. Well, you're entitled to your opinion. This is a democracy. At least I thought it was. Uh, I still think that Cork is a beautiful place. And, and if you call it a dump full of drugs, drinking on the streets and begging, they're the people. It is not the city's fabric's fault. It's the people that you're mentioning. If you want a better police force, next time you're a victim of crime, sue on Garda Shikana for not doing their job of preventing crime. Then you will see police change, policy change from the top down. Uh, The day they stopped guards giving a fella a kick in the ass or a clip in the ear was the day respect was lost, says Frank. And one or two more. Put the dog units on our streets. Two guards and one dog up and down the street. Any antisocial behaviour, the dog will quickly stop it. Show me someone who's not afraid of an Alsatian's teeth. Two guards and a well-trained dog would be more effective 
than 10 Gardaí. Um, this government has let law and order spiral out of control for years and has never addressed it properly. All of the do-gooders brigade have not helped either. Anti-social behaviour is treated in this country with a slap on the wrists when, they're, when, those, when these are crimes being committed and should be treated as such crimes. Uh, I go to town many times, uh, many a time at the weekend and I've never seen guards walking the beat and the amount of gangs hanging around the streets and takeaways is unreal. Yeah, you, you see them marauding, you know, rolling around the streets, gangs of them, very loud, very noisy, very aggressive. Your spot arm, spot arm regarding the army in Italy. Uh, I've only recently moved home from there and I cannot see why Ireland doesn't copy them. If there's an issue on the streets in Italy, the army would step in and bring the person to the guards. They're patrolling the main streets all of the time. It makes the place so much safer and less trouble. Uh, like youths drinking on the street, you would never see. The army have guns on the streets, but would never be used. Uh, there's many, many more. Text 0868104106, and we'll pick it up after the break. Uh, I just want to get back to our phone lines ahead of a break, though, because Sarah's been waiting a long time. Sarah, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. Um, I just wanted to say, basically, that um, I think an awful lot more brawling uh, goes on on the streets that isn't actually reported. Mm. If somebody doesn't have the camera footage, because uh, when Ed, Ed Sheeran played in in Cork, um, I think it was uh, the 28th of April, I was passing down McCurtain Street around about the same time, about half seven, quarter to eight, that kind of time. And um, there were two guys fighting in the middle of the street where all the traffic was held up. But um Yeah, I wonder is that the same video footage that I saw on McCartan Street, yeah? Um well it's definitely not the the, the one that happened a couple of weeks later. No, that was a bigger brawl. There was a lot of people fighting. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. This is a different one okay, entirely. Yeah, so I, I couldn't find any footage myself and I don't have a camera on my car so I couldn't film it, but they um it was literally happening right in front of me. I was at those lights uh, just outside the um, Metropolitan Metropol- Hotel. Yeah. And, and two, two guys were just literally out in the middle of the, the street kicking the hell out of each other, you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, and, like, nothing gets done but about I, it. Like, they just seem to think that it's, that it's acceptable. Yeah, there was no guards, and they they have no fear of the oncoming yeah, traffic. No fear anything. at all. No, no, no. Just Are they blind and ob- oblivious to it, or what? Like, I think they're they're probably off their heads. I I think it's definitely related to drugs. Maybe it's unpaid debts or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, but who knows? Every 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 time I'm coming down the curtain street like that, around that time that kind of like half seven to eight, o- eight o'clock time, there are always people, you'd be clocking them both sides. That yeah. You know they are not paying any attention to the traffic. There's something on their mind and either something's going to kick off or something. Do you know, you're just wary of them. And also that place on uh, uh, Patrick Street which is just outside Eason's and across from Debenhams, yes. where Debenhams used to be. That's also, like, if I was if I was getting a bus out of town, like, which I do sometimes, very rarely, but always on edge, no matter what time of day. Sending at a bus stop. In that particular area, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but what, what what are you liable to witness there? Uh, definitely dealing going on, or somebody looking for a deal. People uh, kind of on on the phone and all gathered around each other. Go away. And you know, kind of like looking every different direction yeah. and sort of you know they're wired like you know yeah. like they're waiting to to get their hit. You know. Yeah. 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 This is all. This is all just getting worse and worse and worse. Worse and worse and worse. And I do know, uh, like, even coming down the curtain street around that time, there'd be many, many girls and guys that are completely wasted sitting on the, the side of the road, on the footpath, like, but literally held up by the buildings. Do you know? Is this in the day or is it in the evening or is it at night? It's in the it's in the evening, but you see, I'd only be passing that way in the evening. Like, do you know what I mean? I I have wit- witnessed it in the middle of the day as well. My yeah. and would 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 lo- Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he what? He collapsed. Yeah, there, he was collapsed outside that shop on McCurtain Street on the, the left hand side, and. Uh, I had passed him and um, I stopped a guard the car that was going up the, the other way and I reported it then and that was about half one in the afternoon. And another time I was down by the train station, there's um, a cafe across the way on the far side of Summerhill and a girl was just completely off her head on I don't know what and just giving out to all the customers there was very aggressive yes yeah, I know Would I know you? that area because uh, a, a drunken man very very drunk fell out in fr- uh, fell off the footpath out onto the road in front of my car if I hadn't jammed on the brakes and I was going very slowly at the time I would have hit him he was absolutely yeah. unconscious and he was just laid out in the middle of the road myself and another chap um, had to move him I stayed with him mm-hmm. for maybe half an hour or so because he just was a danger to himself. Like, he literally would have just fallen off the path again and get hit by, got hit by a car. It was very, very sad. You know, he eventually just kind of tottered off up McCartan Street. God only knows what happened to him next. I have no idea. Yeah, I He know, was oblivious very, to everything and everything. He was a lovely old devil, like, but he was just completely wasted. Yeah, I remember, like, about a year ago... I was, like, I live up in Montanotti, like, so I was, um, I was coming up uh, the middle Glamour Road from St. Luke's, and literally like that, a man just fell out on the street, right? So there was another chap uh, walking down, and he helped me get the man into my car. I drove him up to where he lived, right? Yeah, it was a risky like, business. Was That was a risky yeah, thing to yeah, do. Yeah, no, but the man came with me, like, you know. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Um, but uh, I drove him up there, called the guards from up there, right? And uh, told him this man had injured his head and he had fallen on, on the road there. The guards came down and by the time the guards came down, his neighbours then, right, started giving out to me because, I mean, started, like, verbally attacking me for bringing this man 
back to his home, like, you know. But that makes but no sense had, to me. Why would they be giving you, giving out to you? Because he had the, whatever drink was with him, and, you know, it, it was just like... They they've were fed up of him, is it? Fed up of his carry-on, I suppose. No, not fed up of him, but kind of like we were going to have a party. Oh, and right. You know, they misread the way. situation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, he was an elderly man. He was, uh, I would say, well, he looked like he was in his 70s, whether he was that old or not, I don't know. But, um, you know, like, when I when I picked him up, he was, he was barely with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, dropped him up to his uh, house, which is, I can't remember the... It doesn't matter where it is, to be honest with you. At yeah, least you did something. It, it, yeah, you got them home. Yeah, it's yeah. across... across yeah, it doesn't, the, it doesn't matter, like, really. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, just awful. Yeah, And terrible. there's a certain time in St. Luke's as well that um, the dealers are, are definitely there and you can see who's... For do do they deal at an appointed time in St. Luke's Cross? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't say exactly what time it is now, but it's around um, around six o'clock, yeah. half five. Yeah, be a handy, be a handy, yeah. handy spot for the guardy to be in plain clothes, just to oh, totally. to pick him up, and, wouldn't and, it? Yeah, well, I think the guards used to be there an awful lot more before the pandemic, but they'd be sort of like um, not really visible. They might be in O'Keefe. You know, kind of like looking out yeah, or yeah. whatever, and then with the pandemic and everything like that, it's just it's a free for all there basically. And you know, you know when it's happening. Like you wouldn't actually. Well, I don't actually. Well, you're you're seeing it whether it's at St Luke's or you're seeing it standing on this in the city waiting for a bus at a bus mm-hmm. stop. It's also commonplace, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's horrifically commonplace and like I used to live in New York City myself right in Manhattan and like I I would feel safer in Manhattan than I do in Cork City isn't that an incredible statement yeah Yeah, I've said that before and I've said it to the guards as well do you know you feel safer in Manhattan yeah okay yeah and the only thing that cleared it up in Manhattan was uh, Mary Giuliani, when, when it was like zero toler- tolerance for it. Yeah, but a massive you know police force in New York, like everywhere massive, you go, yeah, there are police. Massive, massive huge all, investment. And they're all armed, obviously. Yeah, well, but it's so just there like everywhere, you see. We don't. We everywhere. Don't. No yeah, point yeah. criticizing the Garda Shikana if you don't give them the manpower. Oh, no. It's stupid. Like, yeah, it's, that's one thing I've learned absolutely. over the years. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. All right, no, sir. Guards on the street. We do. Thank you so much. Appreciate your call. Thank you. Take care. People that see it all, of course, are taxi drivers. I've got Bobby Lynch here and he's been waiting an age, so my apologies for that. Bobby, good morning. Good morning, morning. Dave. Do you want to pick up on any of the things, the points that Sarah was making there? Because you guys see everything. Really and truly, you do. Well, well, what Sarah said there is actually true, and she she said a lot, and she she saw a lot, and people are proving that the that they can't get a taxi after the pubs. Would you blame taxi drivers for going off the road when they see a lot of youngsters, gangs inside in town at night? And a lot of drivers, when they see this, this is time to go home. Is it because the gangs are trying to get into the taxis, is it? 
Well, they, they, like, uh, after they do their damage, they're going to get a taxi home and they, they could turn on the taxi driver. Ah, but right, the, yeah, yeah. the point is, need, like, the, the girls are getting the first passion. No, the girls aren't there. There's no numbers of girls there. And I can't understand when they set speed traps on the road, like I sent a photograph to you there yesterday of a, a motorbike cop hiding behind the pillar on the railway station. How is he out to save lives? He's out to make money for the government. He's not out to save lives. If he was, he'd be out in the middle of the road, letting people see where he is, not hiding. There's another fellow in the field below, by, by, in uh, Castle Martha, down that road, he'd be inside in the field catching people. They're not out to, they're not out to save they're, lives. But they're traffic, they're traffic, they're traffic corps. And if it is an excuse to make money, it's from the higher echelons of government that they're getting those instructions. Well, I, I, I don't think the superintendent is telling him go down no. and go into a field or hide behind the pillar. Uh, uh, do you think that the individual guards themselves are coming up with the, the sneaky positioning of their... their oh, they, are, they are, of course. They, they need... They are, of course. Right. Now, they, they, we were all against people breaking the rules of the road, but you catch them the right way. You don't be doing the snake. Doing the, I mean? oh, so, that, yeah, it's doing the snake. That's a good way of putting yeah, it. That's, yeah. that's, that's exactly. But see, tons of a lot of people in against them. But when it comes to... But, you, you, but if, you're not, if you're not breaking the speed limit, you have no fear of them. You have no fear of them, yeah. But they, want, they, want, they want to catch the ones that are habitual speeders, right? So they have, yeah. to, they have to, as you put it, do the snake. No. Why don't they do the snake in Southern Eight and go in town and hide around and wait for all the guardians and catch them? Yeah. Would you, would you see many guardy on the streets at the weekend at night? No, no, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. You, you only see about four or five of them, that's all. And would like, any girl, would you blame them to stay out of the city centre? Because there's not enough of girls there. They're not tooled up anyway to deal with the gangs, so they're not. They're, they're, well, like, they're not. How, can two, how can two guards, you know, I don't know what, they're, I don't know what <laughs> height they are, but some of the characters in the town, in the city, would be big and burly, and there could be a well, dozen they, of them. They would, yeah, but you see, the numbers aren't there, and you, you have to have numbers to do anything. And if, if 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 they were out there in numbers, it would stop a lot of this. And any any youngster that's inside in town, fourteen or fifteen, at two or three o'clock in the morning, the girls would be questioning them and bring calling their parents for them. Yeah, yeah. Not it's... letting them run wild. They're running wild. They're drinking and everything, and there's no one doing nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. How would you compare it to thirty years ago when you started driving taxis? No, over thirty years ago, right? The the, the, the girls had no money. The, the, their funding was very small. But yes, there were plenty of girls out in the beach. No, we're awash with money, and there's no girls to be seen. Mm. There's, there's, there's something wrong somewhere. Like, mm. <laughs> know what I mean? It's the same with the housing. Going back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, the couple local authorities were building houses, and they had no money. No, they are wash of money, and they're not building one. They house. don't build houses. No, they just buy. They just they're, buy private sector houses. Yeah, yeah. Everything and is privatized. You also were saying to the lads that tourists are commenting. Are they? Tourists are commenting on the fellas sleeping inside in Patrick Street, uh, blankets around them, and a lot of them aren't homeless. A lot of them are only begging. How do you and know they, that? They, they, you can see them. They, they get up and they walk home at night. It's, so, a, it's a disgrace in our main streets to see people with blankets and then you have people say, oh, God, I love them. 
if you look at the, the real homeless are inside the hotels and if you're not in the hotel you're not going to throw yourself down in the middle of the street so the real homeless are in, in the hotels or they're in St. Vincent's or they're in uh, the Simon the characters yeah, yeah, that we're yeah, seeing yeah. on the streets are professional beggars who use the blankets as a prop is it? they have a blanket and they have a cup over in front of them no it, it looks awful for the city like and people like we we have a lovely city, but it's not being looked after by the people that. that it's have not the city. It's, it's it is a beautiful city by and it's large. Lovely. Okay, it needs it needs a bit of TLC and areas. I get that, but it's actually the people, not the city. Well, it's it's the people that runs the city cause the shots. Let 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 them come in on a Saturday night and see what the girls and every other people. Uh, and what are they, what yeah, so have to deal with. yeah, what you have to deal with and what you see and and what's all the fighting about? Is it too much drink? Too much drugs? Is it um, you know somebody? Drugs, is it, is drugs, it a drug debt? What what? Why do they fight? They, they fight over drugs, they drink. They're mixing everything to see drugs and drink. They're mixing them. And somebody they, says the wrong thing and it kicks off, kind of thing. Yeah, probably is. Yes. Probably, probably like, you'll get them in the car, they don't need And once they get into your car, after a couple of seconds, you realise, Jesus Christ, there are a lot of druggies. What am I going to do? What do you do? How, 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 how do you get them out of the car? Do, do you, you, like, you can afford them inside the car. How are you going to get them out? So you just There's take no them to wherever they... Find the car, like. yeah, yeah, but you, you, you can't get them out, I'm assuming. You have to take them wherever they want to go, is it? You have, you have to take them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they pay? Do they pay? Um, they, some will, others won't. They just open the door and walk out. And you they just, know, you just, they know you have no help. Yeah, they just, just let them out. Just, just let them out. Yeah. Let them out. Let them out. Next time, like I know drivers now in the middle of the day, they're, they're locking their doors inside and town in the middle of the day. Oh, that's 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 bad, like it is. Yeah. And they're watching out. A lot of drivers are very nervous. Like you must remember, Neil. We have a lot of elderly men and we have a lot of women that drive taxis yeah. and, and do, do a great job. But when they're looking over their shoulder, seeing who's coming, a lot of people pull off the ranks to get such a phrase. Neil, you, you have to be put in that situation when you have four scumbags. That's all I call them inside your care. And they're dictating to you what they want done. It's, 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 it's wrong and it's very hard. So have we, have, we, have we actually lost control, do you think? Is there any way back out of this? Can we reverse out of all of this? No? Is it uh, too late? As, as Katrina, Arena says, they're going to go, Katrina, well, Your I, sister. She says, well, go. You, yeah, you have to sit down and plan things. You just can't come up and say, oh, we do this. You have to sit down and plan it and do it right and bring in the right people. Bring in the right people. You're, 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 you're bus drivers out there, and right we're only carrying four people. Then you have taxi buses that carry near, but you have the latest CIE, the double decker buses. Look, look at the bus driver there. Look at the position he's put in. Well, certainly, if you are going up to the Glen and you get a slingshot arrow or you get a slingshot stone through the window, you have. When like, they, I live really... in the Glen. I, I live in the Glen. I, when I hear people talk, the Glen is a great place, and there's great people living in the Glen. The outstanding people. But Neil, I could go down the Rosses Town Road or I could go to Bishopstown and they get the height of abuse of people. That's right. No, I know, I, I understand. Oh, listen, fair. I'm totally on your side with regards to the people on the north side, 100%, but I have to report that it was it was going oh, through yeah. the Glen. That's where it happened. You know, but Neil, it was also in the south side. It, it happens all over the Cox City, north and south. Yeah, oh, I mean, the last, time that I, the last time I was talking about batterings or assaults on cars and buses was out in the Toker area, so you're right, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, they need people say, oh, it was the north side. Like the north side and south side, we're still the same people. There's only a river blocking us. Yeah. That's yeah, all dividing yeah, us. Yeah. They were still the same people. And, uh, like, it's, it, it's wrong when you, when you hear people uh, saying, do this and do that. Yeah, I know. I you know, know what I mean? It's just crazy. All right, Bob. All right. Thanks Maybe for taking like the call. I like to go. Back to work. Like Take to care, care right. Cheers, pal. Take care. Bobby Lynch. Text 0868 Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Okay, and other people then texting regarding CCTV. There should be more of it and it should be used. If, if there is a court case ever where you have something like this that actually does get into court, you find that there is CCTV in the city and quite an amount of it. Um, incidentally, another Garda wife. I'm also the wife of a Garda stationed in the city. They're doing their best. Maybe they should be taken off babysitting jobs of Mihal Martin's house 24-7 and perhaps hire private security. That would free up a few of them each day to do actual police work. Good point and, and well made. Uh, I was in the area around Mihal Martin's house a couple of weeks back. I was going, actually last week, going over to the Simply Red gig and there was two squad cars and the armed rapid response jeep. So three in total. And again, I mean, I hate to sound like a scratch record, but that is clearly a direction that's come down from the Department of Justice all the way down to local guardie to have armed Gardy at Mihal Martin's house and I imagine there's others around the country just like him, probably Varadkar as well and Justice Minister. I don't know whether Simon Coveney would have anything like that outside his home but one would think three I mean, that does seem a bit extreme. Uh, all those dinosaurs who are complaining about Cork's antisocial behaviour, violence and occasional stabbings are going to have to move with the times. According to Sadiq Khan, the Mayor of London, this is all part and parcel of living in a diverse and vibrant modern city. <laughs> Ah, Richie, Richie. My daughter was at a grads in Rochester Park Hotel a few weeks ago. They had a system where anyone that thought they had enough to drink got a white band around their wrist. So when they went to the bar for a drink, they were refused. I admire their efforts at the Rochester Park Hotel. It would be great if more bars could follow this. Love the show. I'm not quite sure how that works. Somebody puts a white band on the, the person who's had too much uh, alcohol. Could, could they just not take it off or... Could they not get somebody else to buy the drink for them? But I understand it's an effort, at least. The age of responsibility should be 14. They're clever enough to cause all of this trouble with no consequences. Uh, I know people say their whole lives is gone. Well, at 18, an 18-year-old 18 spends... Well, at 18 years old, it's spent and record cleaned if they learn to behave. Their families can explain the consequences. If not, underage crime is not acceptable anymore. Morning, I spoke to you before about the mentality of our citizens and youth development crisis in our country. You see, the problem is nobody has any fear anymore. Youths kicking the daylights out of each other on a daily basis. Gangs of teenagers walk in the city just out for mit mischief. Why? No fear. That's the reason. No fear for the guards, nor for parents, nor for any organization. I saw four teenagers walking in front of me in the city delir- deliberately bump into a man and his wife on Grand Parade. They then turned to face him and threatened him verbally after he looked back at them. They were about 13. Isn't that incredible? Uh, We need to punish these behaviours accordingly. A slap on the wrist is not enough. A stint in juvie would do. Or maybe your social welfare payment should be determined by your criminal record. If you lead a normal civilised life, then you're entitled to a full payment. If you're a scumbag causing problems all your life, 
then you only get part payment. That's simple. I mean, I can pick holes in that because you're, you're almost saying that only people on social welfare engage in criminality. What do you do to somebody who's a criminal and a thug or behaves like that and also has a job? And there's that and lots more besides, which we'll come back to. Just on, uh, um, on um, uh, Emma's conversation with me yesterday, I will come back to that um, because Emma is fighting her own battles with um, anorexia and indeed OCD. Uh, My son has an eating disorder. He's now on the mend. While waiting for CAMS, I had to spend about €2,000 for counselling in the Lock Eating Disorder Centre. I'm very grateful for them, but I had to take a loan out to get the help I needed for my son. (sighs) That's heartbreaking. Our ancestors fought for years for our freedom, and now our government prey on the low income, the old, and now a 25-year-old girl. This country is failing us all. That's yesterday where Emma says she needs to raise €60,000 so she can get into St. Patrick's Hospital to get the in-care treatment that she needs. Sixty grand she has to find to get a bed and a place there for three months to eventually conquer her OCD and indeed her anorexia nervosa. Text 0868104106. We'll pick it up after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Another partner of a guard texted to say it's terrifying watching your partner go to work as a guard every day. They never know what they are facing and they are so exposed. It's not the job it was. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. I'll return to this topic a little later on this morning. Uh, but I do. you need to know about this because this is important. Something happened recently at Cork City Council that you may or may not know. A chunk of Bishop Lucy Park um, in, and, and a couple of dozen trees, incidentally. I think it's, it's ironic, actually, that we spent €400,000 on robot trees, while at the same time, the council now will have to cut down dozens of trees in Bishop Lucy Park because they've given a section of the park, Bishop Lucy Park, uh, to the uh, Freemasons because the Freemason Hall needs to build a four-storey extension and the only way they can do it is to build it in to Bishop Lucy Park because the back of their building butts into uh, the Bishop Lucy Park area, uh, park area. and Elio Byrne for a Tripendrashin was at council when they voted in favour her words not mine, of a plan that will take a chunk out of the city's most iconic public park for the use of a male only secret society and that pretty much sums it up, she joins me by phone for the backstory. Ellie good morning Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? Good. What's going on that um, uh, it needs to give away uh, park to the Masons? Well, so, I mean, apparently um, the, the building there on Tucky Street, I don't know if you've ever been into I have, Freemasons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, incidentally, I'm not a Freemason, but I, I have been in there, <laughs> for the record. I'm not a member of the male-only secret society. <laughs> Exactly, and that was one of the things that was very funny in the meeting. Maybe I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, so, so essentially, uh, the Freemasons have said that they need this four-story extension to the building to put in uh, a lift and disability access uh, to the rear of the building. Um, and so, what was happening on? So this was um, last Monday night. I actually, like, I'm a journalist. I went to that meeting because I wanted to just report on it, and I ended up writing an op-ed because. It was bizarre. I was watching the council vote in favour of giving a piece of our public space. Well, sorry, when I say giving, I'll get to that as well in a second. But but in favour of a plan that would give a piece of our public space to the use of a, a male-only secret society. I just couldn't believe 
that it was happening in front of my eyes. Would, would, you, would it have been there. okay if it was, as Deirdre Ford said, more inclusive to women as a society? Would you have been all right with it then? <laughs> Freemasons can't be inclusive to women. That's like asking a tiger to change its stripes. That was one of the most ridiculous comments of the whole thing. That's what and she said. Yeah. So, yeah, she said that. And then other councillors were expressing the kind of vague hope that the Freemasons will become more uh, publicly accessible and that the councillors be able to hold events there. I mean, I just, I, it was it was baffling, but the, and it was voted, so 24 voted in favour of this plan, uh, seven voted against. Fairly and, overwhelming, and, so, wasn't it? Well, that's actually not overwhelming because the voting system for a material, this is a material contravention. So, so the reason why the council had to hold a special meeting just on this one topic is because when the, when the council is going to break their own rules, they have to hold a special meeting on and it. That's and that's what this was. It was a meeting to break their own rules to give a chunk of the park to the Masons to build yeah. um, a, a new extension up four stories so they'd have disability access to the building. They didn't buy it, lease it or rent it. They just gave it to them. Well, okay, so that's the other thing and that was a kind of a point of contention in the meeting as well is that the arrangements for how the land is going to end up belonging to the Freemasons or, or, you know, is totally unclear. And the councillors had to vote. I mean, talking about, you know, secrets and secretiveness, the councillors had to go into this vote on the material contravention, not knowing how the land is going to end up in the in the ownership of the Freemasons. Will it be sold? Will it be gifted? So I actually, you have a tiny little bit of a... Um, an exclusive here because I asked uh, the um, the communications department of Cork City Council for a follow up, and they emailed me back. And the sentence that they emailed me is: "It is expected that the applicants, that's the Freemasons, will engage with the property section of Cork City Council regarding the land in question when the time is appropriate." So we still don't even know. That's quite vague. That is isn't saying be. whether it's a gift or whether it's to be sold. No. So we don't know whether it's going to be a sale or whether it's going to be a gift. And what will what they? Theory. What will they have to do with that land? I mean, what? What? what are, I mean, there are trees. We spent four hundred thousand on robot trees, and there. This would involve cutting down fifteen <laughs> mature trees. Yes, and I suppose a lot of the. I mean, me coming at it from a slightly kind of ranty feminist perspective of, hang on, this is a male secret society that we're giving public space to. This was not the general. You know, I mean, the general concern that was out there is really more about Bishop Lucy Park being a really important green space in the city. Uh, so you had people like um, Owen Latisse in UCC, who I who I contacted when I was writing this, who said that it was a a death by a thousand cuts for city green space. So the reason why this space is protected is that um, in the Cork City um, development plan, the the city council promised to protect public open space. And so that's why they have to have this vote, because here they're disposing of public open space, which goes against what their own and should we? I mean, should we be suspicious about this? That I mean, I don't know who in City Council, for instance, that was voting actually are Freemasons themselves. Well, I mean, I can tell you that the motion was proposed by Councillor Ken O'Flynn and seconded by Councillor Paddy Deneen, and that you, the, I wrote in in the article that's on the um, Tripod Machine Substack for, for readers yes. the, the names of the councillors who opposed 
the seven councillors who opposed and the remainder of the councillors voted for. So, I mean, I suppose that is an interesting list. I mean, in, you know, in general terms, obviously we get a lot of real conspiracy theories stuff when it comes to the Freemasons. Because it's just, it's a secret organisation, so you're going to have that. But I mean, it is one for the doorstep for your for your local um, for your local ca- candidates at the next election. Is do you think it would be in any way appropriate for members of Cork City Council to be members of this organisation, or members of, of Cork City executives to be members of a secret society? I think that's there are, a really they're, they're, they're reasonable questions to ask, aren't they? Yeah, I do think they're reasonable. As to if, if, and if, I'm not it's, particularly if it's no, I'm not either. But if it's gifted, look at a, if, know, it, if it's just gifted to it an seems independent like some kind of power at sway there, and, and I don't think that that's in any way appropriate whatsoever. Okay, like did you ask, a, them, did you ask the Masons of, any questions about this? <laughs> I haven't had time to. I'm still trying to follow up on this issue, and there's a couple of different ways that I'd like to approach it. So yeah, that is one thing. Um, the, what the do they do? What do they do? The Freemasons. <laughs> Come on! I mean, nobody. You know, do we know? I've gone in there and I've seen all the amazing symbolism and all of that kind of stuff. You know, but I'm even if it just boils down to a kind of a. You know, I think I said in the article the original old boys club with a load of, you know, secret handshakes and people just kind of networking and making arrangements about. Uh, you know, I mean, because I'm, I, I believe that some of the members are, are people of quite high standing yeah. in society. Yeah. But they do a lot of good, you know. They, they, they do an awful lot of good. They help people. They're very charitable. They, um, you know, they fundraise for people in need, things like that. It's yes, not, and know. they had a rebranding a couple of years ago as a, as a kind of largely as a kind of a philanthropic organization. And that's, that's fair enough. You know, I mean, like everyone, you know, everything has a right to, to exist and, and to do its own thing. But I mean, it's a very uneasy relationship with what should be a transparent process, which is our, which is our, you know, local decision making. And it's a, it's a sizable chunk of park too, isn't it? Well, one of the arguments that some of the councillors who who um, who argued in favour of the plan, one of their arguments was that it's only finally when the thing is installed, they're saying that it's only 1% of the footprint of the park. It looks a lot right? more than that, though. I mean, it may well be, but it is still a sizable amount. Uh, well, and also, I mean, so that doesn't take into account during the construction phase, how much of the park is going to be disrupted, how many, you know, and also because it's a four-story extension, so there's a significant overshadowing impact from it as well. And then the other thing is, is when you look at the plans, and this is really interesting, and this goes back to the kind of slightly um, interesting aspects to do with this, when you look at the the plans that Cork, that are lodged with Cork City Council that are on the planning, uh, the, the planning application at the moment, um, it looks like there's plenty of room inside the building for, you know, to put in a lift if that was their intention. Because obviously the accessibility aspect is ostensibly why a lot... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but they say, OK, we need to put in a lift. Oh, we'll get on to Cork City Council. They'll give us some of the park and we'll build on that. And uh, they go through a vote and they're, they're successful. One, one of those actually was Dan Boyle who voted against it, local councillor. Dan, good morning. Uh, I thought he was online too, but he ain't online too. I'll probably pick it up with him after after eleven. So, are you are you still working on this? Still unanswered questions, Ellie? 
Uh, yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to continue to to cover this story. I mean, I don't know if I've kind of outed myself here in terms of writing an op-ed and and being maybe slightly biased on this one. I might hand it over. You have an issue with it being. Uh, you do have an issue of it being non-inclusive to women. That's very clear. Yes, I do. I, I really think that uh, it's it's quite an, an outrageous uh, position to find ourselves in. I think it is the definition of structural inequality to give public space, which is currently accessible to everyone, to a male-only secret society. Yeah, that's a very valid point. I wonder is it the I wonder is the is it the only organization organization that is left that is only um, um, uh, male? I think that golf was an issue for a while, but I think that's changed, hasn't it? Would there be any? Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't. In, in principle, I don't have any problem with the idea of, you know, single sex spaces in terms of, you know, men's sheds do a lot of really fantastic work. You know, there are kind of, you know, yeah. women, plenty yeah. of women's yeah. groups out there and stuff. It's just that whether or not, um, whether or not gifting them public space that would be accessible to all, uh, when and when we don't understand the the application okay. process or the openness surrounding stuff to do with the missions. I just, I, I, I think it's wildly inappropriate. Okay, appreciate you taking the call. We'll stay in touch with you on this one. I have about two minutes left and I can get um, Dan Boyle to jump in for those two minutes. Maybe he can shed some more light on it. Councillor Do- Dan Boyle, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Was this, will this be given to the Masons? Will it be sold to them? Will they rent it, lease it, what? No, it's a separate process. Uh, disposal of any property in city council requires uh, a decision of the city council itself. So uh, the proposal would be made by the property section uh, to dispose of it. Uh, now, that could be a gift. It could be a license. Well, why, if you, so price. you're saying you don't know, is it? Well, uh, it, it would have to be a decision by the elected councillors. So whatever the executive proposed to the councillors, the councillors will have to approve. I suspect it will be a licensing arrangement uh, on a lease basis. Uh, but I, I don't know what the property section have been saying to the female. So you're telling it. me that the entire city council voted on something that they're not 100% clear of? No, the council were aware that there had to be a disposal process following. There are three elements to this. You voted the, against it, incidentally. I, I voted against it because of green space issues. Uh, even though I, I uh, introduced the Freemasons to the, uh, the planning department to talk about the needs of securing their building, which is a different issue again. But the, the, there's the planning process, which the executive make a decision on. There's the development plan, which the councillor make a decision on and decided to alter with the 24-7 vote that they made, that we made. And there's the disposal process, which has yet to come before the council. And the executive make a recommendation, but the councillors make that decision. So the councillors will decide whether it's leased, sold or gifted? Exactly. When? Uh, well, before anything starts, I'd imagine uh, it will have to come to uh, a finance and estimates meeting in the council and then subsequently to a city council meeting itself. So Don't you think that the public would be very angry if they found out that part of Bishop Lucy Park was given to um, uh, a male domain secret society free of charge? Well, I, I think there has been quite a lot of reportage on it. Uh, I, I, I think the issue is about the amount of green space in the city centre full mm, stop. Uh, mm, yeah. Between Bishop's Lucy Park and, and the Peace Park and, and South Mall, that's the only bit of green in the city centre yeah, island. Yeah. The only pieces. So uh, I, I've argued that what we should be doing is going the opposite direction. We should be moving small bits of tarmac and concrete up and, and planting in them. You know, ten, ten square metre sections here and there across the city centre. Seems to and me as the if the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. They spend 400 grand on robots trees and I read online they're going to cut down 23 trees to give the piece of land to the 
masons. It's nonsense. Well, that, 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 that wasn't the city council money. That was kind of from, from the national, and it's kind of a, an experiment more than anything else. But they're not <laughs> robot trees. I keep saying you know, like they're, they're air monitors. They're monitoring <laughs> air quality. That, that's their real purpose. But uh, they're not replacement trees, and they never can be. Okay, okay. So when, when will we find out as to whether or not this will go through and what will happen, whether it's bought, sold, leased, rented? When will that decision be made? I, I, I suspect it'll have to be made for the July council meeting because the June council meeting is on next Monday and it won't be on the agenda for that and it wasn't on the agenda for the Finance and Estimates Committee this week so uh, it'll be another month before they put in place the disposal uh, motions uh, and I suspect there'll be another debate on that. The, the only problem with that, Neil, is that only requires a, a slim majority of the City Council. Uh, you know, 16 of the 31 rather than 24 of the 31 for don't, the... Don't, uh, you, yeah, don't you think it's bizarre that 24 councillors, you weren't one of them, you were the, one of yeah. the seven that voted against, but 24 thought this was a good thing. Well, uh, there are issues about disability access and, and fire safety in relation to the building on Tucky Street. Yeah, but so uh, that's, your, yeah. that's their problem. Sort it on the inside. Uh, well, th- th- there's one way of doing it. It's also a listed building. Uh, th- there are technicalities that had to be taken into account. I mean, uh, if it was a different footprint, for instance, the Chernobyl uh, commemoration on Bishop Lucy Park is affected by this decision, which I didn't like at all. Uh, but I- if there was alternative green space put put in place nearby it, this is a space that we invented a lot of times, Neil. It, you know, there was buildings on it one time. It was a car park for decades. It only became a park in 1985 with Cork 800. So it- it's we use and configure green space that's the real issue here mm. and there's not enough of it in the city centre mm, to be not enough of it to be possibly giving it away Dan Boyle thank, thank you we'll watch for the next meeting and see what decisions are made at that point much obliged to you Councillor Dan Boyle uh, Green Party text 0868 if you have thoughts or an opinion on a piece of the park been taken out of use and given, as Ellie says, uh, for the use of a male-only secret society, uh, in spite of the fact that Councillor Deirdre Ford expressed the hope that the Masons would become more inclusive to women um, before weighing down in favour of the contravention. She voted for it then. Back after 11. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Prenderville Show uh, Just with regards to uh, law and order the council seem more worried about making cycle lanes and pushing private business owners out of the city rather than investing in our youth uh, there's nowhere for them to go why not invest in places where you can teach them actual life skills and discipline cater to their interests if they're not into sport not everybody is run coaching courses construction run DIY courses political courses, fashion courses, social media courses. Build for the future instead of leaving them run riot and figure it out for themselves. They're in school learning pointless, outdated stuff that they will never ever use in their life. Schools are designed for people that can learn from books, not for a person that learns by doing. Schools are just glorified babysitters and that's not a dig at teachers. Their job is very hard, but some people can't learn from books. This causes disruption in the classroom because they're not interest, interested and the boredom uh, takes over. Then you see it spill onto the streets. Did anyone report these incidents to the guards? Yes, they do report them to the guards. Um, um, or do they all just stand around watching it while recording it for social media? Guardy do get a lot of slack, but clearly not enough since the boundary was extended and no extra guardy were hired to cover it. There is no consequences. That's why all this happens. If guardy look sideways at these louts, the do-gooders will be crying police brutality. Bring back no-nonsense policing. 
miscreants need to have a few guard of battens broken across their backs says Laz and one final one I saw a junkie walking down South Mall a few months ago holding a syringe with no cap on his hand uh, no cap on the syringe uh, the city's turning into a miniature Dublin I've seen more people defecating on side streets than Gardy on the beat in the last week so what do people expect yeah well you'll expe- you'll get that there's no public toilet that's the fact of it uh, Martha good morning Hi Neil, how are you? Thank you for holding. Now, just picking no, up on, uh, on law and order, Gardaí, policing, etc, etc. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I was just saying that your researchers, myself and my friends were out on Saturday night and I was driving because I'm living in Dunamore and sometimes it's just easier to drive yourself instead of getting families to pick you up, you know? Yeah. And um, we were inside, we went to a lovely restaurant, we went to two other pubs, lovely, so we moved on then to one of our favourite bars about 11 o'clock, half 11 that was fine we were kind of went in paid the money went in up by the where the band normally is but there was no band we got a lovely seat went out dancing and like all of a sudden I kind of just felt a force in my back and I said what's going on here it was one of the security men or bouncers I know what they're called nowadays bouncers maybe yeah Yeah. Um, pushing me and he was like move and I said my friends were like what's going on here and next thing I said maybe it was just a once off they were trying to get one of the young fellas out Fair enough. And as I was saying, I know, Neil, they have to keep the place like safe and they have to watch in case there's arguments or fights break out. But like, it happened then again. I was, I was dancing next to the same fella, move. And I was like, ah, this is too much. Yeah. And I was just saying to my friends, like, if I did that to them, imagine if I was walking past the bar and I was pushing them. Where, was, he trying to, where was this character trying to go that he kept on pushing you? He was, do you know what, where was it? Like the, the bar was just too packed, it was too crowded. Myself and my friends were saying it was too crowded in the first place, so people couldn't really move. But he was trying to get people. We were kind of by the back door, like where the band is, it was like a, a steps down to like a back door. So obviously, we were trying to get lads out, maybe that were maybe upsetting people. I don't know, but like I wasn't in the way. And like, literally, moved. was he trying to get a, where was this incidentally? Where was it a pub or a nightclub or what? It, it was a pub slash nightclub upstairs. And where and well, will I say? Will well, I, I mean, if it happened, I have no problem with that. Where was it? It was it was Reardon's in right. Town. And was he trying to get? Maybe he was trying to get out a fight, or there was a there was he was trying to get. To, know, he yeah. was trying to sort yeah, well, out a problem. Had to get to it fast. Maybe so, but Neil, maybe don't pack so many people into a place over people where they can't move around and get them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like yeah. the place is so packed like that, he actually couldn't get to the person. But like. There was, even if he came back later on, like he probably didn't even notice, you know. But like I actually said to him, I said, "Come here. There's no need to be that rough. I'm not even drinking. I'm driving." Yeah. Like, there's yeah. no need to be like this. Yeah. At all. Yeah. And like this isn't the first time because last year when we started to go it again, um, after COVID, the same thing, not the same bouncer, a different bouncer actually pushed my friend and I caught her and I was like, "What's going on here? Why yeah, are they I know. so rough?" You're, you're paying for the privilege, aren't you? You pay to get in there, don't you? But I'm paying 10 euro to sit at the bar. You'd say something if there was a band. There wasn't even a band. Just 10 euro. And then I ask, can we go upstairs? No, you have to pay to go upstairs as well. So you pay... Think, wait a second. What, you have to, why, do you, why do you pay twice? I don't know. I don't... Because I know my friend, our hands were stamped. And my friend said to me, I just started asking one of the bouncers there, can we go upstairs? And he was like, no, you have to pay. So you have to pay when you get in there. And then you have to pay to get back up to the nightclub okay, upstairs. Okay. I don't know. It's a secret garden. I don't know. But okay. I just thought to myself, there I am, driving making sure that my friends are safe and you might have been pushed twice. Yeah. And like it wasn't even like, sorry, come out of the way. It was move, full force into my back. No, but, it's it's a, but like you're on about the guards, so like, I actually, it's not the guards, mate, it's the bouncers. They're too, it's like they have a power, a power switch. Like they're too rough, too, too rough. And like I'd heels on me. He's very lucky I didn't actually go flying or hurt myself. 
Absolutely, you could have been hurt. Totally, I, I could have been that, hurt. There's no need for. I like, understand you know, that no they do need. have a job to do, but pushing people. Oh, I understand that. Name. I, I, I said that. that to my oh. friends. I understand. Like, and it's brilliant to see bouncers making sure that the place is safe. Oh my God, it's brilliant. I have a 19-year-old son myself and I'd be delighted if somebody was making sure he's okay. Unfortunately, were, do- bouncers in Cork have a, a bad rep. That's the problem, you see. It have had but no one, yeah, we actually were talking to a stag party and a hen party. They were from Limerick and they said they can't get over the bouncers in Cork. They cannot get over them, honestly. Really? I don't know what it is. So, no, I, I really so just so I'm clear, if, if you go into Reardon's of an evening, is this at the weekend yeah. or any day, you go to the yeah. front door of Reardon's, you have to pay 10 euro to get into the bar. I paid 10 euro with my card. They don't take cash. This was Saturday night. They stamped my hand. And then you're... Okay, then so now you're in the downstairs of Reardon's. Now I'm in. Uh, yeah. yeah okay, downstairs, well, and yeah. what's in there? Just the bar. Now, sometimes they might have a band. They had no band this time. They just had music playing. Right. So I said to my friend, oh, we must have missed the band. It was about quarter past half eleven. The band must be gone. So then my friend said to one of the workers or one of the bouncers, can we go upstairs with this stamp? And he said, no, you have to pay to go upstairs. Okay, so then there's another level above, which is a club, I think you're saying. Yeah. And yeah. How, how much do you pay to go upstairs? I don't know. I didn't ask. I don't know. Is it 15, 10, 5 or I don't know. I didn't ask. So it could be a 5 or a 10 or it could be 15. We don't know. I don't know. Just yeah, to go, that's sure, just to, to go honest. to a different section. Yeah. And yeah. people have no problem paying a tenner just to get into the pub. No bother, because it was absolutely past. You couldn't move. Right. And are there other pubs in Cork? Like, you know, the Bodega, it's a rocking spot at the weekend. Do you pay to go in the front door there? Do you know what I mean? I don't, like, this is what myself and my friends were saying the other night. Now, like, we went to the Oliver Plunk Gate, brilliant spot. Do you, we pay went to to into, do you pay to go into the Oliver Plunk No, no, you don't. You don't. Do you pay, pay to, to go in the front Soho? door of Soho? No, you don't. Okay. We didn't pay to go into the Oyster Tavern. Um, I just don't understand this. I don't. I don't so, and I, so the bar would be full with people who paid a tenner to go in? Yeah. Yeah. The par- it was. That's why I was saying maybe the place is too full that the bouncers couldn't get to people that were maybe being a small okay. small yeah, bit. Okay. Okay. You know, I don't know. But like, I just said there's no need to be this rough, you know. Just be nice and just say, sorry, can you move? Or be nice. Like, Did you say it to like him? I did, I said it to him, I did, and he completely, he was up in these kind of three steps where there was like a, a little DJ fella playing, I think, he was up looking over, and I said, sorry, there's no need to be like that, that rough, I said, that's the second time now, completely ignored me, turned his head and ignored me. Now, Nino would say something if I was acting the maggot, or if I was loud, or rough, like, so quiet, drinking, a coke in my hand, actually, I had a pint of water in my so hand. So that's, a, I mean, there's another example, you, you, you addressed him civilly and said, you can't be pushing yeah. people, and he just completely blanked you. And completely. And last year, when another bouncer pushed my friend, I actually said, can I speak, sorry, can I speak to a manager? I said, this isn't acceptable. And I spoke to a very tall, nice man, lovely man in a suit. And he said, no bother, I'll have a word with him. No bother. And I said, fine. And I said, that might be just a once-off, no bother, that's fine. <laughs> you know, but when I went in, then again... taking a tenner off people and pushing them out of the way. <laughs> push, move. And he, like, it wasn't even like, sorry, it was real cross, move. Like like, as if you're the back of yeah, yeah. There's no need for that, you know. All right, look after. Well, I mean, you do. You do enjoy it in there. You you keep going back. <laughs> I, I well, I'm not going back any morning. I just said to my friends, never again. Maybe you wouldn't do me one favour. You wouldn't just say hello to all the residents of Saint Luke's home because I listen to you every morning with them and they adore you. Morning to everybody at Saint Luke's home. That's kind of black rock, isn't it? And the hard working staff down there. All the staff all down there. All the staff. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Neil. You do great you're very work good. down there. Mind yourself. Take care. Take Thanks. care, Martha. God bless. All bye, bye. Uh, we'll come back to this a little later.
later on because um, there was a report done recently. Social Justice Ireland put up an Instagram post on Cork nightlife and they broke it down into different sections. The lack of transport, the lack of clubs, the lack of diversity, the amount of drugs, how safe or unsafe Cork is at night when it comes to people who are out socialising and clubbing. I'll come back to that, I promise you. But back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Michelle, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Okay, a bit of balance here with regards to our youth. Um, you just wanted to make some points. Go ahead. I do, I'm a bit nervous. No, so you're you grand. You're only chatting me. to me. You're only chatting to me. So, um, yeah, so not all teenagers are thugs, yeah? No, they're not. And um, as I said in my course text, my son, um, his passion is the gym. Um, during the first lockdown, just before he would have been very overweight and he lost six and a half stone through the gym and he goes seven nights a week here in Toker. Um, but out of them seven nights walking to the gym with his gym buddy, they will be searched five or six times every week. Are you serious? Yeah. And they're being pulled down the main road, which I think is unfair. Now, I know the guards have a hard job because how do you differentiate between a tug and not a tug? But like five to seven nights, it's not fair. It's not fair. They're walking to the gym. They've never been found with anything on them. Now, don't get me wrong, I would have a relationship with my son that I would know he would be open with me and I would be the first to buy him a few bottles at the weekend that he could go to his girlfriend's house with where they're supervised. I'd prefer that than, than being in a field. Mm. Well, how old was he when you started that? Well, he's 17. Yeah, so you started you started buying him a few bottles at 17. I did because they're going yeah. to do it anyway yeah. and no, they're going to end up in a field whereas they're in a house and they're supervised. And Chalk it down. It's a, it's, a, it's a good idea and it's a good age to do it at, in fairness yes. to you. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And he, so would be, he would be very open with me. He would ask me to buy him his drink. He wouldn't go behind my back and get his friends to do it or yeah. anything. It's technically against the law, but I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah but I really it, think it's inevitable the otherwise. Yeah. It's just last night now, it was a full search on the road, not like passed and done completely into a socks, everything. Usually, most nights it's just search the pockets and you know why I mean has he ever asked them why do you keep searching me night after because night I'm going to the because gym. if you do that you're going to make it worse now it was only this morning because like last night I was thinking why is this happening five nights and they've never found anything on him so I, I, this morning I said to myself I'm actually going to start logging every time that this is happening but tell me about one of the conversations where the, ga- the guard asked him were you ever searched? This was last oh, night. This what was, was, last what was night. said? He said, um, were you ever searched? Or no, were you ever in trouble with the guards? My son was like, no, which he hasn't been. Um, and the guard went on to say, were you ever searched? And he said, yes. And he said, yeah, I can see why, because of the way you look. What does that now, mean? I don't know. I'm presuming tracksuit and runners. Now, every teenager that I know would wear, well, the majority of them wear tracksuits and runners anyway. And he was going to the gym. But yeah, yeah, but he's, stereo- he's stereotyping your son, though. But it's, this is going on wholesale. The day of the Ed Sheeran concert here in Toker, I was going to Super Value. And on one corner in Toker, there was two guards that had two teenagers around 17, 18. Now, they, were, they had bottles of cores. I'm presuming that's why they stopped, because they were drinking on the street. Yeah, well, that's fine. That's, uh, I yep, understand why the cops would be interested in On that. another corner, there was another guard car had another three fellas pulled searching them they had nothing on them I'm presumably because they left them go and on my way back down past the credit union here in Toker they had another two fellas pulled in this was all in the space of five minutes 
Yeah, you know, and yeah, it's yeah. just. As I said, like my son should be able to walk the road to the gym at night. No, I, I, listen, and we are talking about your son. All of the other stuff, I don't really know about that because they could be acting on intelligence and maybe people listening to it this will be, be saying, I'm delighted that the guards are stopping these druggies and they're searching them and arresting them. Oh, okay. of course. You know, I mean, course. That, that, that's got to be a good thing. But at, yes. at any stage... Now, did, if my son had a record and he was known by the guards, I would say, right, you've done that and that's why they're profiling you. But he's never been in trouble with the guards. And he can't walk to the gym four or five. There's some nights, there's some weeks there's, it's been every night. Does it upset him? It does because he, he keeps texting me to say, Mom, I've just been searched again. Last night he came in and he actually said to me, he said, that guard was a bastard. And it's because of what he said to him, because he said he was trying to get a reaction out of me. If this is the guard who said um, that he, was, yeah. he, would be, I, he would be searched because he's got a tracksuit and runners on. Well, he didn't say tracksuit and runners. He said, yeah, it's because I can see why it's because of the way you looked. They were his exact words. Okay. And how, how do, what does he think he looks like? What, a druggie, is it? I'm presuming so. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as you know, Neil, like, like tracksuit and runners. They never take, do they ever take his name and address? Oh, they do. Yeah, every time. Every time. So what if that's on pulse? Would you be upset about that? I've never even thought of that now because I'm just so mad at the moment that he can't walk the road without being searched constantly. I never even thought about the policy system. No, I'm not saying that it is, but you, yeah. you wouldn't, you'd want to but have it, that it checked. It probably to see. is at this stage yeah. because this has been going on. Because if it is, it shouldn't be because he's an innocent person and has done no wrong. No, so you wouldn't want to, wouldn't You wouldn't want, say, his name, you know, say Johnny Murphy, stopped yeah. and searched for, andro- for drugs it's, on it, a well, pulse three system. Three weeks ago, again, he was going into town, standing at the bus stop with his friends, um, two of them waiting on the bus. Guards passed, turned around, came back, search the two of them or oh, you look suspicious standing there they were standing waiting for a bus so they were waiting for a bus or they're going to the gym and on the seven evenings of the week he was searched five times out of the seven yeah I, you, I need to, just you just need to go into Toker and just talk to the super I can. you see the thing is you see many people are telling me because I, I've been speaking to another girl I wouldn't know her now but I you know just in passing and she said that she has actually made a complaint through her solicitor about her son being stopped. Really? On the road really? Road. Yeah, in Toker. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't... It's, yeah, it's, I, mean, what, well, I mean, imagine some people would be saying, well, that's good to hear because the guards are at least they're doing their job, but that, that might be okay once, but it sounds as if it's just happening it's all of the time. And, and I, I don't think it's just my son and his friend. I don't think... Like, as I say, I've seen, I've seen a lot of young fellas being pulled. And maybe they have good reason, but like... You can't, it's, like, it, it's not in the garage any favourite. It's no, it isn't either. actually, because you're going to have young people who are just completely innocent. They're going to the gym or whatever the case may yeah. be, and they're just going but to dislike the guardy for it. Yeah, but as I said, my son came in last night and he said to me, he said he was an absolute bastard. And I could see that it annoyed him for what he said. I know, I know, I know. So, like, my son is going to have, like, he's not going to like that guard, you know? And I can understand why. It's, it's, it's not right to be saying to people, oh, like, because you dress a certain way. Over and over and over again. And you spoke to another yeah. woman who's actually gone on to her solicitor because it's happening to his, their son over that's, and over and over again. That's what she's told me. That's what yeah. she's told me. I wonder, would you pop, I wonder would you just pick up the phone and ask to see the super and just have a chat and kill that off, you know? That's the other side. I'm afraid they don't have any... They, like, he, he'd like to know that because they have no, they have no axe to grind with anybody who's, um, you know, an innocent young fella just going to the gym, you know? And this is if they shouldn't have any extra grind. No, and then I don't know why. I mean, 
Unless it's the same guy that keeps on stopping him, but is it it's always... Not, it's yeah. the thing, because this guy last night, was, it was the first time because he didn't actually know him. He said, have you ever been searched before? Have you ever been in trouble? So he actually, this was a different guard. But I, as I say, Neil, you only have to pass, walk here to Super Valley and every second person is stopped on the road. Go with And as I say, it, 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 it can be a good thing. It can be a good thing. But where do you draw the line of five out of seven nights being searched? So, so you, a, a guard can stop anybody and body search them. Like I could be walking down Patrick Street and they could just come up to me and say, we are going to body search you. Then that's, that's, yeah. that's legal, is it? I don't know. Well, it seems to be in talker anyway. It seems to be in talker anyway. But like, what do you do if, if you resist them, I suppose? Like I've always said to my son, just don't give them re- the reaction. No, but what if you have to say, why do you want to body search me? What have I done? Yeah, I wouldn't be up on the law like that. I mean, yeah. I've never had any hassle with the guards or anything. So no, 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 and you want them to do their job, you know? absolutely. But this is kind of a bit, uh, it's repetitive, like, isn't it's it? Outrageous. Yeah. It's outrageous. It's absolutely, it's driving me bananas that he can't walk the road. And especially on a main road, obviously, when you see someone being pulled in over and over with the guards and neighbours and stuff, it's not right. They see, and then he's also, other people see this, don't they? This is it, and it's on the main road, so you and you do when you see yeah, guys. It's, it's embarrassing, yeah, yeah. It is okay, and especially when you're 17 and it's constantly happening. And, and all he's doing is going to the gym. He's not going off bushing in a field or and he's going to work no, out. Yeah, no. As, as I said, the gym is his passion. He's yeah. there every evening, seven nights a weekend, five out of seven. Some some weeks, seven out of the seven, he's been pulled in, searched. Let's see if there are others have opinions on this or might have similar type stories. I would I would advise you anyway, Michelle, to um to call into Toker Garda Station and just have a chat with them. Yeah. You know? Maybe so. I'm I just d- afraid as I say that it'll make it worse for Era, me. Hardly, know. hardly. I'm mean, not talking going in all guns blazing, just for a chat. Oh no, yeah. Just yeah, as a just so. a concerned mother, you know. That's Yeah. Uh, that that let's see what let's see what other people think on it. But thanks for getting in touch, all right? No bother. Thanks, Neil. Bye okay, bye. anybody got any thoughts on that or similar experiences? Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Can I just take a break, if you don't mind? Uh, come back after the break. More calls on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red Let's FM. Let's go back again to, um, say, for instance, the bouncers and the door staff and the clubs and the nightlife in Cork. I mentioned um, uh, a survey that was done by Social Justice Ireland. They broke it down into different aspects of Irish nightlife and it was a new series that they did and they examined nightlife and youth culture in different localities and scenes across Cork, across the city and the country I should say and Cork figured in it as well so they shone their spotlight on Cork City and then they rate the city then or they rate the town or whatever in the case of Cork they rated out of 100 with regards to nightlife and we only scored 44 out of 100 uh, with regards to their rating nightlife rating that they did on the club scene in Cork. I mean, I played an awful lot of clubs down through the years. There was loads of them years ago. There was Coco's and Chandra's and Sidetracks and Eldroy's and the Pav and Bogart's and the Savoy and Spiders and Mangans and the Carousel and Crojacks and Gorbys and Cubans. And that's just the few that I wrote down in 60 seconds. Um, there's very few now. It's a complete change. And I suppose the big sea change really has been that pubs became late pubs and sooner or later, the late pubs just uh, over time replaced all of the nightclubs. But 44 out of 100, uh, the man behind that research is uh, Luke O'Keefe from Social Justice Ireland. He joins me by phone, uh, by WhatsApp. Luke, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are uh, you? Cheers. Thanks for taking the call, pal. I know you broke it down into different sections, but 44 out of 100, why? 
Um, it's mainly just down to the amalgamation of issues, but this isn't really like a ranking on an Irish scale. This is mainly on an international scale. You've got cities like Berlin, have got all-night transport, all areas of the city. You've got clubs, you've got a safe nightlife scene, you've got very, very low harassment levels, very, very low levels of aggression, assaults. And so overall, Cork, in comparison to those international destinations, scores quite low. Did we, did we score low because of harassment and aggression, Luke? No, not because of it, but that was one of the, the many factors which contributed into the, the assessment. Um, however, I can say that um, Cork, it certainly is a nice city um, to go out to. Uh, it's just that there are several issues, um, several detractors that kind of take away to the main experience, such as you might have heard earlier in the year, there was a, a big increase in, um, in spiking. And as well as that in uh, the amount of drug use uh, mm. that was reported mm. in a uh, Cork nightlife scene. And that, th- these reports of spiking are alarmingly on the increase. And the stats that we're hearing, they're accurate, are they? Because I know there is some confusion then when, it, when it's a, an alleged spiking in the A&D or the, the Garda investigator. It's, it's not always 100% clear, but it is, they, are, they are legitimate spiking issues. There are legitimate spiking issues, yes. Um, often with statistics like these, it is a bit hard to kind of pin down how accurate the reports are. As in, for an instance like this, you're talking a crowded nightlife setting. There's often very little or no CCTV, and often you're just basing it off witness reports. So it is very hard to prove. However, we have seen a very high increase in uh, the reporting rate of uh, spiking incidents yeah. and yeah. drink spiking. And I'm sure we all know someone who's been spiked. Oh, absolutely. Or Certainly. Yeah, and I, I, I have those stories on air uh, quite often. But so does Cork rank badly with regards to spiking? Um, not particularly badly. There, there are instances of spiking in the city, as I'm sure you might have heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not the worst in terms of spiking. You've got cities like Paris got cities like London and Glasgow who would rank a lot lower in terms of that. Um, however, um, there are consistent reports of spiking which did factor into our assessment mm. and which did result in court receiving lower scores. And what else? I know you categorised like lack of transport, lack of clubs. There's, there's very few anyway, isn't there? I mean, oh, absolutely. voodoo absolutely. springs to mind, um, chambers and, and Reardon's secret garden. That's probably all, is it? That's probably all, if you could even call those clubs, Neil. Because um, I'm sure, as you listed it yourself, you've got Elroy's, you know, all those classic clubs back in the day that you couldn't even, you know... You couldn't even compare the clubs today to you. As I know it's it's before my time, but as in, I've heard the stories from bar managers and everything. They said that it was, like, a completely different scene. You had folks, like... Like, you had everyone coming. You had people like Kanye West even appeared in one club in 2006 in Cork. Which just goes to show, like... Nowadays, like C-list celebrities, won't even bother coming to court because of the lack of the club scene. It's uh, it's appalling. Yeah, um, there was Dali, wasn't there, in Kerry's Lane, the old Pav, um, and yeah, th- that the was Pav in, in the truest sense a, a, a nightclub, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was sort of in a sense. Yeah, however, um, yeah, the main nightclubs that exist, we examined. Um, they're they can't really be classed as nightclubs. They're mainly just pubs that you pay for entry with a DJ. Um, and at the moment, um, some of uh, myself and some of our colleagues are over in Paris and we're examining the scene over there. And we've noticed that there's a great disparity between what you find here, an international city, 
as opposed to Cork, which is, uh, it seems mainly insular and focused on just turning a profit rather than providing a solid nightlife experience. An actual true club in the real sense of the word. Yeah, a true with, club in the sense you know, of the word. Yeah, yes. but with proper lighting rigs and proper dance floors and proper booth areas and everything that goes with it, a kick-ass sound system. Everything that exactly, goes with being, exactly. you know, what would be a classic nightclub. Um, so, lack of nightclubs. Transport was another place that we, another area that we um, we scored badly. Yeah, transport was a big issue. Um, as as I'm sure you'll know, um, in Cork, uh, if you want to get home after a night out, well, if it's after 12, for instance, your main options are, if you live in the Bishopstown area, you can only really avail of the 220, which it is a fantastic resource that runs all through the night. However, it's the only public transport resource for Cork. Now, I know we can't avail of a metro or any kind of night link bus system. However, the only one night bus being available for a city of, what, over like 100, 200,000 is quite frankly appalling. Mm. Uh, other mm. cities, as you might know, they've got metros, they've got night buses running throughout the night to all areas of the city. However, Cork only has one. And after that, you have to rely on taxis. And some of the taxi drivers often cost a lot of money, especially if you're going to places like Cove, Mallow, Blarney, Mitchellstown, so on and so forth, which makes nightlife often very costly and prohibitive to many people. Okay, yeah. Or, or indeed, very dangerously sometimes, walking home. Oh, yes, exactly. We've heard many issues like that. Of course, walking home and drinking your system can be you know, easier to send than done, as um, many people have been reported to be like harassed or even assaulted um, while walking home at night uh, due to the various collection of characters you might find on your way home. That's right. Um, yeah, that's right. In fact, people have died people, walking home. One, one misfortunate yes, person fell yes. over a wall and died and another misfortunate person fell into the river off the bridge um, just sitting there. Um, very, very yeah, sad. Yeah, very unfortunate issues, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. However, for many, this is the only, uh, the only recourse they have for getting home after a night out. Okay, you also scored us on the ratio of men to women socializing in Cork. Talk to me about that. Yeah, um, this was some underground research we did with um, a couple of our members. Uh, basically, what we did was we went into certain pubs in the city. Now, we can't name any pubs due to libel issues or whatever, but we noticed that we counted, we did a head count in various areas of the pub, and we noticed that increasingly we saw a trend towards the, the male side of the demographic as opposed to the female side. And often, as I'm sure you'll know, in a dressing room or any kind of male-dominated space, there will be this kind of attitude towards hectic, kind of like almost boyish behavior, sort of, which can often leave women feeling scared or intimidated, sort of, and which continues to trend further, forcing the trend more towards the male side of the demographic. Seven to two. Seven male Seven to two, to two yes. female. Yeah, I believe that was in um, in a late pub in the city at about two a.m. in the morning, um, and so yeah, but that, that but was, that doesn't make it necessarily typical of a typical night out in the city that there are oh, uh, no, that there are there are uh, three no. men for uh, to, for every one female. Yeah, no, that would be towards uh, the higher end of the spectrum. But because I I heard it was the other way around um, that were more women yeah. socializing. Like I hear stories, yes. anecdotal stories of girls who can't just get a boyfriend. There's just no, none around. Mm. Well, see, the thing is, it, there are certain places you will go to, and I'm sure you'll know the old man pubs, you know, like the, the clubs in the city centre. It's, it's just a, a sample, but it's, um, okay. it's, not, um, okay. yeah. it's not a full representation of the whole. Okay, so too many boisterous males, 
too many incidents of spiking, too much harassment, no way to get home safely. And then socially, as a city, we're predominantly white. We lack diversity. Is that right? Well, that's not really an issue with um, the city per se, as in you can't really change demographics. However, I've noticed that some some places, um, some certain bouncers, they will often discriminate against customer based on their skin color. Whether this may not be obvious to some people, however, I've spoken to some of the bouncers and I've spoken to some of the clientele, and they have noticed a sort of a trend, sort of keep people they would see as not fitting the the main demographic, sort of. Did you ever um, get a did you ever talk with the bouncer who admitted that they refused entry to people on the basis of their ethnic background? Oh yes, yes I have. Um And what what uh, what what reasoning would he or she have for doing that? Um they said that um I I don't want to get into the specifics here, but they said that they weren't the kind of customers that the pub was looking for. They said that oh yeah, we want people who will spend money on drinks, we want we don't want anyone who would be sort of like ruining the atmosphere for this would be mainly towards high end pubs in the city. Like um, I can't name any names, of course, but I have heard instances of certain managers and certain bouncers not wanting um, certain kinds of ethnicities present in a pub, as in black. Well, in terms of yes, black because they don't spend because they believe they don't spend enough money, is it, or they don't fit in with exactly. the scene? They, they said that it was sort of not the crowd that they were looking for in, in their words. Um, however, I'm not sure if this was, if they were joking about this or if this was an actual policy. However, I have seen it implemented. It's backward. It's, 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 it's yeah. just backward logic. It makes it isn't it's any form. Yes, it's just yes. thick. It really is. So that's, that's a shame to hear that that's going on. And then, of course, uh, I know we touched on spiking. You also um, had a category and a subsection on drugs. Now, I think it's only fair to say that cocaine or ecstasy or amphetamines, very common, um, very, very common, very common on a night out now. Yes. So it, it, I was just talking with some college students um, uh, yesterday. I was out having some food and they were working and they were telling me that it's just absolutely normal now that you either have a bag or your mate has a bag. Tonight I might have the bag. Next weekend it could be you would have the bag and you all share the cocaine. It's just like having a pint of stout. That's just the way it is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I've seen cocaine in particular has really developed a sort of a stranglehold in the city in recent months and recent years. As in, it is now almost, is an if not as much co- as common as um, just drinking, for instance, and I've noticed that some people, people in my own friend group, people in, that I would know, they would be unable to go out for a night out without taking a bag or, you know, MDMA or cocaine is is very a very very addictive substance, and I've seen the it it develops aggression in certain people, it develops um, a substance dependency in certain people, and it's just absolutely destroying the city, Neil. Yeah, um, it's part and parcel, unfortunately, of uh, just a night out, whether it's a Friday night or a Saturday night. You, you also talk of a thing called gang weed. What, what, what do you mean by that? Um, yes, is, that, is that a gang? Um, is, that a so- crime, is that a crime syndicate? Um, we're unsure if it's a crime syndicate, but we do know that it is a group of, a group of lads, I believe. Um, I think they're, they might be like dealers or something. Um, they're talking about, um, it's sort of, I don't know if it's a criminal enterprise sort of, but it's a group of dealers that kind of cooperate together, almost like a brand sort of. They, they're sort of um, saying, oh yeah, this, this stuff is gang weed. This is the best. This is 
this is top notch, you know, isn't like oftentimes you'll hear people say like, oh, is this gang weed? And it's like, no, no, no. And it's like, oh, I'm not going to even go bother trying it. Okay. Okay. In, so um, they've, so this, kind of, this, this group has replaced the dealing that up until whenever was done by independent small scale dealers, is it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, they've sort of formed, um, so to speak, a monopoly on the, on the drug culture in Cork. Um, I believe uh, some people have told me that it's an international group. Other people have told me that it's an Irish group, but um, they've told me that it's displaced their local dealers. And so what would usually be a small scale operation has now turned into something a lot bigger, a lot, a lot more sinister, Neil. No, I know. It's a worry. You also say that they use senseless and, ex- and excessive violence, according to the guards. In, in, in what way? To take out other dealers, is it? Yes, mainly they, they would trend other dealers saying, listen, this is our tariff. If you don't leave our tariff, there's going to be serious consequences. And then when, they're, when their threats aren't followed, they'll, they'll resort to violence, making their, their point proven. You know? And so we've seen this carry it play out um, at nightlife. We'll, we'll often see like rival dealers, rival gangs. Often late at night, you'd be waiting for a bus, you'd see a fight starting to happen. Many times there would be uh, a dispute between rival dealers or like criminal disputes, for instance, and that would carry on into the prison system, that would carry on onto the streets, back home in their neighborhoods, and all around causing a snowball effect, causing things to get worse for so, the people of Cork. Yeah, do you, do you think that some of these fights that we're seeing and talking about on it, you're a Cork lad, you're a Cork man, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Cork yeah. myself, yes. Yeah, so do you think that some of those fights that we see and can't understand why... Could it be because of a drug debt, perhaps? That could be possible, yes. Um, however, I, I that don't... That the fighting is drug-related? The fighting would definitely be brought on by drugs, and it may be related to drug debts, yes. However, it's, it's impossible to say, really, but I feel like a large proportion of fights would be caused by drugs or caused by issues related to drugs. Okay. How did Dublin score, then, if we scored 44 out of 100? Um, we've yet to examine Dublin um, as part of our, um, our ranking methodology. We're, that's coming in a post that we're going to have up in maybe two or three weeks or so. Okay, I'd just um, be curious by just for just to compare, you know. So we have a lot of work to do. Um, work needs to be done. Yes, that's true, Neil. Um, Cork needs to improve in a number of facets, yes. Okay, okay. Stay in touch, will you? Very interested in any other work that you're doing in that regard, Luke, and uh, be interested to see the comparison with Dublin. But thanks for taking the call for now. Thanks for talking, Neil. You're on WhatsApp uh, by phone, but you have an Instagram page, don't you, that people can go and visit and check out the full yes, research? Uh, yeah. our Instagram page is um, at Social Justice Ireland. Um, now, this is a separate entity to the charity, um, Social Justice Ireland. This okay. is um, just okay. an Instagram page um, that we use to highlight issues such as this. Um, so you can check it out and follow it if you want. At Social Justice Ireland. Luke O'Keefe, thanks for taking the call. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you very much, Neil. Okay, if you want to jump in on that, text 086-8104-106. How do you find Cork as a place to socialise? You can also pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. All right. Elio Byrne writes on uh, Tripe and Trishine Online, uh, National Maternity Hospital Scandal Eat Your Heart Out. It's Monday evening in the year 2022 and I've just watched Cork City Council vote in favour of a plan that will take a chunk out of the city's most iconic public park for the use of a male-only secret society, the Freemasons on Tucky Street. 
to allow them to take some of the park, Bishop Lucy Park, so they can build a four-storey extension. So it is green space, it is ours, and we've little enough of it as it is in the downtown core. Of course, we have Fitzgerald's Park, but I'm talking about inside and the city itself. Uh, and I just needed to let you guys know that this was actually happening. I think John Byrne has a very a very reasonable question to ask. John, good morning. Morning, Neil. And the question uh, is... There wasn't a whole lot of uh, Glasnost and Perestroika involved, I think, in that uh, discussion with the City Hall. Yeah, well, they voted 24 to 7 in favour of breaking their, <laughs> breaking their own law to right, facilitate... The planning application for the Masons. But what do you want to... Was that that an open meeting or was it a secret meeting? No, no. It was an open meeting. It was an open meeting. Okay. So nobody from the the public had had a voice and it was only the councillors. Oh, I can put that point to Councillor Paddy Deneen. He seconded the motion. Apparently it was proposed by Ken O'Flynn and seconded by Paddy. Did you want to know whether we have Freemasons in City Hall? I do indeed. I mean, is people in City Hall uh, who would have an interest in this, and if they have, they should have either, you know, stood back from us, or uh, they have to come forward and uh, and tell us that they are involved with the Masons. Thank you. Now I have no pro- now I have no problem with the Masons, and as a matter of fact, could we give them a better building uh, uh, than the one that they're trying to renovate? Why? And and, and uh, well, let's let's hold on to the park and the trees okay. and the, and the building okay. that's there. Okay. Let, for, let me. Let, uh, I, I've, I've only got about purpose. three minutes. I want to put that point to Paddy Dunne, Councillor Dunne. Paddy, good morning. Morning. You know, for that vote, the twenty-four to seven, was any was there anybody asked in advance whether or not anybody had any interest to declare as being Masons themselves? But generally, yes, there would be. Uh, there would be a notice, a public notice would go out, and submissions would be welcome to come in. So do, that, do, that would be the normal process, yeah. Yeah, but do, do, do we know if Freemasons and City Council voted to give the land to the Freemasons, is what I'm trying to ask. Oh, that I could not tell you. I don't know the, the private interests of members. I have no idea of what they do in their free time. I'm yeah. not a member of the Freemasons, no. Well, the, thank, you for, thank you for clarifying that. But should we not have a right to know that if maybe those, some of those that did vote are Masons themselves and part of a secret society that doesn't welcome women? Well, I would say yes, we would have a right to know, but generally what would happen is that if there were, they, they'd have to declare a, uh, an interest in that and then uh, step back from the board itself. It had no part in it. So by yes, not well, declaring well, an interest, you're saying that none of them are Masons? That, that, yes, that would, be, that, would, that would be the statement that would be made then once they did declare an interest and they have no part in the Freemasons, yeah. Okay, so if I were to put in a Freedom of Information request to City Council asking all Council members whether or not they're Freemasons, I'd get a response to that question, would I? You should, yes. Okay, well, let, let me do yeah. that and see, and yeah. see how we get on yeah. with it. So why, 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 if it is a gift, why are we gifting public land? Well, it's not a case of gifting. I, 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 I it's see part the of Bishop Lucy Park, so are we gifting, giving it to them or are they going to buy it? What, what? Well, what, what we've done is, is we've, we've changed the material contravention, which is the, which is the zoning of that part, of that section of the, of the public space, to allow the Freemasons to build a lift and to uh, put in a fire escape to the building. You changed the law in a sense. You broke the law to do that then, right? Well, this, yeah, we, well, we changed the planning, the planning um, zone. Yes, you, yes, it yeah. was, um, yeah. what, was the cor- what was the correct term for it? A contravention 
of material contravention. Yeah. Yeah. A contravention is a break or a breach or a change. Yes, so we, we, we go into and we change the planning what? zoning, like the zoning of one why, why didn't you tell them, But why didn't you all just say, sling your hook, build, you know, you build, build your own access on your own land? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we could have done that too, but I suppose you'll have to look at the story here. Like, like the the Freemasons Hall itself is a it's a building that's a, it's very historic. It's it's a protective structure and it's it's full of history. And what they need, they need if they need the access, and they have no access there for pe- people who are elderly or infirm or disabled, and they need to bring a lift access. They do, so yeah, but that access, access then will only be will only be but, to men, right? Because women aren't allowed. Well, primarily, yeah, the Freemasons are a men-only society, yeah. That's, that is what they are, yeah. There are no women allowed to um, join the Freemasons on Talkie Street? None? Not anywhere, I don't think. I think it's, it's a men's society, yeah. Okay. It's a men's society, so, yeah. Do you, do, you not see right. that, do you not see that this is a bit kind of nuts? Me? No. No, absolutely not, because I, I, I believe like, we need to look at the safety aspect of the building. We need to look at the... the, the the possibility of a fire in the building. We need to look at the, uh, the fire escape, yeah, it, which they don't have any, and this yeah. will, no, will 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 permit them to put in a fire escape by taking a big chunk out. Of, by taking a big chunk out of the city's most iconic public park. Well, we're not taking a chunk. No, we're not taking a big chunk. We're, we're taking primarily one to two percent of the of that space, which and the, the space that we're that's being used is actually a non-fertile space. It's like it's totally in the shade. It's no light whatsoever. The trees that are being re- are not being cut down. I heard you say they're being cut down. They're not being cut down. They're being removed and re- and replanted because they're not thriving where they are. Can I come in and ask a question? I'm out of time anyway. John, go on. Yeah. Is there any public money being used for the refurbishment of the building? No. But you don't know whether you're going to sell it to them or give it to them, do you, Paulie? Well. That no, all all we did was change is change the planning or the zoning from public to 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 to, the, to what is required to uh, allow them to build on it. Yes, that, that's all we did. Yeah, no, no one goes. I know, no one goes into the legal aspect. Of and you, as a councillor, would you be in favour of would you be in favour of gifting it, or would you be asking them to uh, suggest a purchase price? Where would you fall on that? Well. The property section will 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 now come up and they'll agree terms and conditions with the Freemasons. And I'm not asking you. I'm asking you as a councillor. Would you be in favour of selling it to them or giving it to them as a councillor with a vote? Well, in, in my view, I think the the the, the safety aspect in, in accessing and egress in the building is more important here, and I think should an, an, a fire occur, I, I know, the building is so I, I, old. I know, I know that. But I know. I know so, that. I'm not. I'm not asking that's you. That's my asking priority. You. Here no, Oh, it's a simple question. Are you, are you, if you had a vote on it, would you give it to them or would you sell it to them? I would sell it. Sell it. Okay. okay. Yes, I would probably be in favour of selling it and using that funds then to, to use elsewhere in the public space. Okay, and thank you, gentlemen. I'm out of time. Thanks for coming on, okay. Councillor Paul Dineen, and thank you, John, as well. Text 0868104106 on this and any other business on your mind. You can always email neil at uh, redfm.ie. But get in touch. Let's keep the conversation going. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.